What's up, everybody? Welcome back to episode 41 of the Jiu-Jitsu Dummies podcast. We're sponsored by Fightback CBD. Get 20% off your CBD order at fightbackcbd.com with code JJD. Uh, don't forget, Fightback is helping and giving back to people with mental health and substance abuse issues through Jiu-Jitsu. So check them out. Please support. My name is Milton Campus, Purple Belt, Fight Sports Coral Springs. You can check me out on Instagram at UncleMiltyBJJ. Me and Bo with you here today. What's my, up? Bo's going to be my first white belt, right? Oh, shit. I thought you were going to say first wife. I'm like, what? No, she's over there. That's, she's in the living room. Yeah, dude. I'd be your second wife, not yeah. your first. Yeah, but I'm trying, to convince, I'm trying to convince Bo to be my first white belt. And with the new studio coming, there's going to be a small area, area where we, we could put a mat. You could throw me around and smash and my head around. I'm going to... I even have a... I think I have a key for you. I think I have a key. I got to dig it out. I think I Does it smell already? Because it's, no, it's, it's going it's, to. I, I, I believe it's unused. I believe it's it hasn't been used. Ooh. It's a small gi, so we never used it. So. Small gi. A small little gi. Well, you're, comes you're a little guy. You're, above you're, my a, knees. you're an A1 or an A2. So you're a little What's guy. What's that, for eight-year-olds, nine-year-olds? No, no. It's just, I'm an A3. Look, I'm an A3. So oh. you're probably, I think you're an A1. So I'm a size one. Yeah, look, I'm an XL in T-shirts. You're a medium in T-shirts. I'm going to say you're probably an A1. Yeah. Which is, okay. There's nothing wrong with That's that. That's cool. The world needs little people. It's not a zero. All right. Joining <laughs> us in a few minutes is Nick Ron from Warriors Next Adventure. He was actually with us on episode 30, right? We were a while back. Yeah. Awesome story. Very cool, yeah. Awesome guy. Awesome story. Filming a doc, a documentary. Is he? And he's going to yeah. be traveling the country. He's actually coming down to Florida, so he's going to come train with us down here. We're going to be filming it. Sweet. I think we, we want to have him? you. Yeah, hopefully uh, we'll have you out there doing a little... Behind the scenes. Oh, of course, I right? got to work, right? You got to work. Well, <laughs> unless you, unless you, you know, you, unless you want to train, okay. the only thing you can do is work. Oh, right? so that's the trade-off. Okay. Yeah. So huge shout out to Flow and Roll at Flow underscore N underscore Roll on Instagram. You get twenty percent off your online T-shirt, rash guard, or gi order with code JJG, JJD at <laughs> flowandroll.com. Again, JJG JJG JJD at flowandroll.com. <laughs> Uh, welcome to our uh, two new sponsors. We're going to start off with DD214 Fightwear, at DD214 underscore Fightwear, gear for the war on PTSD. Nice. I got, I got it right this time. Nice. I did it. All right. Get cool. 50% off your online order at DD214BJJ.com. Now, this is the cool part. This is the, the part about what they do that I love. It's They have a buy one, donate one. So you can buy a gi cool. at full price. And then for $41, you can donate another gi. It goes to it goes out to geesforgees.org. They have you're doing all of this on the DD214 website. You choose to donate to Geese for Geese, and geesforgees.org will get that out to either an active, uh, an active uh, cool. somebody who's active in the military, a veteran, or first responder. Cool. All right. So cops, cool. you know, paramedics, nice, nice, yeah. firemen, they'll get it out to somebody who's training or wants to train. So by supporting them, you're also supporting military. That's sure. right. So really cool. Okay. We also want to thank today's guest who actually became a sponsor recently as well. 
uh, Nick from Warriors Next Adventure. Okay, they're a, a veteran three. Uh, excuse me, a veteran five hundred one C three. They're again filming a documentary called PTSD versus Jiu Jitsu. They're going to be traveling the country for fifty days. He's going to talk about that a little bit today. He starts, I believe, it's April fifteenth, and it's going to film all across the country. They're driving around in a little bus. Wow! Right through June, you can check out the website. Click the PTSD versus Jiu Jitsu tab. There's also a video if you scroll down a little bit. You can see the tour dates, locations. You can come out and be part of filming. If you're down here in Florida, shoot me a message. We'll see. You know, we'll talk about getting you into the gym, what you got to do. And uh, you know what's you know, cool? Having shot a documentary myself, I know what kind of adventure that is. And and mine was a four day affair mm-hmm. for him to F- go around for fifty days. Fifty days. That's that's a true adventure. Fifty days. That's very an cool. That's cool. Yeah. So check them out again at warriorsnextadventure.com. All right. Don't forget to like, comment, subscribe, and share wherever you're watching or listening to us. If you are watching us on YouTube, don't forget to click, click the bell. I forgot <laughs> getting my, better I forgot that. my buzzers. I forgot to dig out the buzzers today, Bo. Uh, but uh, you'll, if you click the bell, if you subscribe, you follow, you'll get a notification every time we launch a new video. All right. Wanted to get through that fast because I want to get Nick in here. We're ready? Ready to rock? Uh, yeah. All right, let's do it. Let's get Nick. <laughs> <laughs> uh. I never told you I do sound effects, did I? <laughs> let's do it, All man. right, brother. Let's do it, man. Joining us today is founder of Warriors Next Adventure and new purple belt, but we're going to get into that in a second. You're not going to just get by so easy. Welcome back, Nick Ron. Thanks, man. I appreciate you guys having me on. Sorry about the audio issues. No worries. No worries. It happens, man. It's the beauty of this, uh, this business. <laughs> well, you sound good. You look good. Let's talk about the Purple Belt. Let's get this out of the way. So <laughs> how long have you been training now? Uh, I started in 2007. 2007. So woo, 14 so, years. 14 years, yeah. And how long ago did you get your Purple Belt? I got my Purple Belt two months ago. So. Okay. Sneaky, sneaky. And now so, I know. So, so, <laughs> like most people know, like, you know, with, with jujitsu, if you leave your gym, it's almost like a slap in the face, even though they're like, oh, yeah, no big deal. But it, it's like a slap in the face. Right. So in 2017, uh, 2016, I lost my title fight. And so I decided to go to that gym to learn stand up from the guy who kicked my ass. Oh, yeah. And uh, so I was a blue belt at the time. And so I left and I was gone for uh like a year and a half and uh, never got a stripe while I was gone at the other gyms, never got a belt, never got anything. Uh, but I was focusing more on MMA. Um, I mean, I was still training jiu-jitsu three days a week. Um, but it's, I think it's just because I was a gym hopper for a little bit. I kind of got mm. like, you know, I got my PP slapped a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I, you know, when I, I've only switched, I've only been to two gyms. So, okay. Right when I was moving, it was only a stripe thing, but right when I was moving, I, I went to fight sports and I trained like one day and it was like right mm-hmm. around Christmas. So it was like, I trained, I knew I liked it and I left my other gym was, st- I was still training at the other gym and then we helped him like break down the gym, pack it up and he was closing. Oh, okay. So it, you got, there was a, he messaged you on, on one of the, uh, on the post that we did the other day. I don't know if you actually know him, Kenny. Corn, his, his, um, it's at, at Cornholio. <laughs> Cornholio. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Do you know gotcha. him personally or just from the just no, from the just, just from the oh, okay. yeah, from 
um, jujitsu dummies. And yeah. I think we've been friends on Instagram for a while. Okay. So he, before he closed, he did a, he did one last promotion and I think I got like my second stripe on my blue belt. So then when I went back to fight sports, like after the holidays, I said, Hey, is this okay? You know, I just got a stripe. <laughs> you know, I was kind of like, yeah, I'm, I knew I was coming here, but he just gave me my letter. He's like, ah, don't worry about it. You know, so it was no yeah. big deal. But, um, well, it's, you know, it, it sucked. But at the same time, I, w- I was a blue belt for six years. I got promoted. Uh, I started Gi Jiu Jitsu in 2014 when I first went to Track Speed Jiu Jitsu to train my coach, Mark. And I got promoted to blue belt in six months. So I've started as a fresh white belt. But I had been training for like six, seven years at that time, just mm-hmm. no gi. Um, but uh, I got promoted in six months. And then like nine months later, I ended up getting promoted right when I got back from Brazil when we were training down there. I got a, I got a stripe. And then I didn't get another stripe until like, I want to say June of last year. So I went almost six years with not even a stripe. <laughs> no politics in BJJ. No politics. No politics, no, right? Yeah, everybody says no politics. <laughs> politics everywhere so yeah, did you did yeah. you all right right now because of covid i probably would have been promoted at if it wasn't for covid i blew out my knee you know that story i blew out my knee and then um we you know like the day before i was going into quarantine so i couldn't train yeah. pretty much most of the pandemic until i think i went back maybe three months ago four months ago so this is the first time and i really mean this when i say it like the I'm not so stuck on the belt. Like, I think there comes a point where you're just like, I don't really care about the belt. The, the, the belt color is the belt color. You know, as a matter of fact, you know, I like underestimate me. <laughs> you know, I'd rather yeah. be underestimated. <laughs> you know, I, I guess I, it, I just don't care as much anymore. I, you know, it's like, yeah, it's nice for the recognition, but I'm so past that. And we don't do stripes anymore. Yeah. So I'm used to not like I had I've had one stripe for, you know, two and a half, three years. Yeah. So it doesn't it, I'm just like, whatever, just want to train, just want to train and get better. And, you know. Well, my, my problem was I compete a lot and I've had over 90 matches. So, I mean, you know, I'm not, I'm not new, you know, I've been training a lot. Um, and my last tournament, I went to the Wisconsin, I went to the Wisconsin Dells tournament, uh, back in January, right before I went to Mexico. And, uh, I went in there and I just, I blew through, uh, the <laughs> gee white, uh, blue belts. And like my first match I won in like 26 seconds. The second one I won in like, it was like a minute, 30 seconds or something like that. So, I mean, I, I, I felt bad because I was like, these guys are fairly new blue belts. I could tell because the one guy came out and he was like RoboCop, like stupid <laughs> shit. And I was like, this guy has never competed at blue belt. So I got him with my signature takedown and then I just choked him out with a uh, Ezekiel. And then the other guy, it was the same thing, a signature takedown, um, and then ended up rolling him out into a – it's hard to explain. It's like a double shrimp, like, from guard. But the second time you shrimp, you put your left leg over their shoulder, and then you do, like, a barrel roll, and you – like, a alligator roll on their arm. Okay. So you're you're pulling the arm bar as you're rolling. So if they don't tap, it literally will dislocate their shoulder <laughs> and likely pop their elbow. <laughs> I'll show it to you when we get down there. In oh, yeah, Florida, yeah. I'm so excited. <laughs> so, so excited. I'm over here like, oh, shit. <laughs> I, better start. My, I think I've gotten I've gotten that submission over 40 times in tournaments and MMA fights. Yeah. yeah, yeah you you ever it. have anybody look at you funny, though, like, hey, wait a minute. I'm a brown belt. <laughs> I fought you at blue belt a few years ago. What's going on here? Does anybody ever call you There's- out? quite a few purple belts a few brown belts like why the fuck are you still competing as a blue belt 
I'm like, I'm not the one who chooses my belt color. I just yeah. show up and I fuck people up when I need to. So you know, one time I went to a new breed, and it was it was weigh-ins. Was it the morning? I think it was the day before. Weigh-ins the day before, and these yeah. two guys they were they were friends. They were there together. They go to weigh-in, and the second guy he stands on the scale and takes his foot off and puts his toes on the ground. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so I'm looking at him now. I'm relatively new. I think I was a blue belt at this point, but I just got so angry. I got so pissed. I'm yeah. like, really? I'm like, you know, again, you know, this is supposed to be the gentle art and, you know, you're supposed to come yeah. here to test yourself and all the shit that we say in the gym to each other and to ourselves. <laughs> and and when he got off the scale, I went I was next. And I looked yeah. at the guy and I said, I didn't care if the guy heard me. I said, you know that he just had his foot on the floor. He's like, he's like, yeah, the scales, he's never going to get the scale, the digital scale to not jump. So he's like, yeah, I know when somebody's fucking around because the scale's jumping. It's not going to, yeah. you know, if you just stood still, right? It's just, you're going to see your number and that's it. He's like, I could see it yeah. jumping. So he's like, I put him up a, a weight class. <laughs> <Nah>. <laughs> so well, it's just, you know, that, that same tournament, uh, I only do absolute no geek. Mm -hmm. Or not absolute, sorry, uh, advanced nogi. Just because, like I said, I've been training nogi since 2007. So, mm -hmm. I mean, I, I can't do intermediate. That's yeah. not fair. That's mm -hmm. sandbagging like crazy. And so this last tournament, I signed up for the uh, the advanced. And, you know, thinking I was going to go against some purple belts, maybe a brown belt. And so I get out there and I see this guy. And I'm like, there's no fucking way that guy's not a black belt. Just by the mm -hmm. way he looked. Yeah. And I was like, okay. So he was my first opponent. And we step out there, and he was, you know, Nogi is it's super quick, right? So he went to jump guard on me, and I kind of pushed him down. And uh, it was maybe a minute into it, he was on his back, and he put his leg up. And I have been slant, I've been hammering knee bars just over and over in training because my goal is to knee bar everybody in Nogi from now on. So, <laughs> um, so I'm I taking notes for when you come down. <laughs> okay, good. We're, we're going to be doing geese, so that's a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I spun around. Um, his leg was up, and so I literally, it's you just grab the back of their, their heel, and you jump and spin, and you hook the top of their thigh with your foot, and then you crank the knee bar at the same time. So I did that, and he tapped, and I was like, all right, cool. We have five. And then uh, I'm sitting there waiting for my next match, and then uh, my coach comes over. He's, you know he's a black belt, right? And I'm like, no, he's not. He's like, he's like, that guy's a black belt. And I'm like, no, the fuck he isn't. And then my other buddy came. I was like, I literally watched him compete in black belt heat like yeah. 20 minutes ago. And I was like, oh, shit. Yeah. And so the next guy comes out. And I'm like, this guy is fucking jacked. I was like, this guy's like a coral belt. He's going to whoop my ass. So I like, got in my head. He caught me in a really beautiful guillotine. But I got I got second place. So I was pretty happy about yeah. that. I remember my uh, my first tournament. I did gi, gi and no gi, and there was a there was a bunch of guys that I noticed they only did gi that I wound up that I wound up like they didn't do the no gi we would have been competing against each other so a bunch of guys just did gi didn't really understand it then because I was every other day for me was gi no gi at, at my gym so yeah. never really understood you know some people like you know took to gi and you know took to no gi well one of the no gi competitors he had cauliflower ear like you wouldn't believe. <laughs> And I'm like, and he just didn't look like a wrestler. Like, you know, kind of, you kind of know like the wrestler, the body, the mannerisms, you know, you'll see the yeah. Asics sneakers, you know, there's like these little things. I wrestled a <laughs> tiny bit, but I know wrestlers and like, you, you, there's just like the littlest things you pick out. I'm like, 
He's got cauliflower ear. It's so bad. He's a white belt. He's not a wrestler. I'm like, is he really sandbagging this bad? That like down to white belt? Yeah. Turned out somebody wanted to ask him. He did. He's done Muay Thai like all his life. Oh, uh, so he had okay. really ba- bad ears from Muay Thai. But he had he had never done jujitsu. So you know. Oh just, okay. I, yeah, I, I double gold it on that one. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah, that that last tournament. Um, when my coach promoted me, he's like, I can't have him doing that to blue belts anymore. It's just not fair. Yeah. And I'm like, I know I've been saying that for six years, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I, we, it just sucks too. Cause like, what are you going to do? Be like, when am I getting my purple belt? You can't do that. You know? So, so a couple of days ago, as I say, like belts don't matter. So <laughs> they wanted Thursday. They were playing a joke on our coach. Uh, we only wear white. We only wear white geese. Uh, no gi. Really, you can wear whatever you want. He likes when you wear the, you know, the fight sports kit, the same, the same stuff that that uh, a cyborg wears that you see. You know, it's we get the same yeah. stuff. It's it's always the same stuff. So, but when it comes to the gay, wearing white keys, white keys only. I remember when I first started, I would show up like I I trained a lot during the week, so I would almost always wear my white keys, and then on a Saturday I would wear like I just grab whatever I had. Where when I didn't know it was a rule, and I'd show up in my black key, and he'd make lots of jokes. But I never understood how angry it made him. He really yeah. does. It's, it's white. He likes that. He likes taking a picture at the end of the class. Everybody's in a white gi. If you're a yeah. visitor, he'll ask you to bring a white gi. He might even lend you a white gi. You know, but every, you know, know. unless you're like a black I, belt. I, oh, there you go. That's right. You're going to be coming through. I have three veterans coming with us at the time. Yeah. The guy riding with me at that time, his name is uh, Jeremy Sustily. He's a Weedify athlete. Okay. But he's also one of my... Um, I'm on the Weedify um, athlete engagement team. Okay. So I reach out to their athletes and we talk, make sure everything's going well. Okay. And so I figured since I'm doing this tour and Weedify is partnered with us on it, I reached out to all of my athletes and said, hey, do you want to ride with us for a little bit? And so mm-hmm. I have all three of my Weedify athletes riding with us for at least a week. Cool. Uh, Jeremy will be with us and then my cameraman, Joe. So I'll make sure we're all wearing white. So, so, <laughs> so we show up. The joke was wear a colored gi on April Fools last Thursday and I couldn't I dig I I've, I've been moved you know we're in transition here we sold our house we're moved into a yeah. townhouse while the house is being built so a lot of stuff is packed away and I think I got I think I donated all of my stuff anything that wasn't white I'm like hey, I'm never going to wear this so I'm thinking I couldn't find it I'm like ah whatever so I just go to gym in the white gi we had one of my co-hosts, Miguel, showed up. He bought a, a an orange NASA gi <laughs> from like uh, I forget what the brand oh is. Oh my god! He, it was an orange NASA gi, yeah. and then other people had blues. And you know, one guy he borrowed like sometimes uh, newbies will wear red in our in our gym. He'll give him a red gi oh, okay. uh, as like a loner. So somebody had like a little kids. He couldn't even get it to close. <laughs> it, 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 like the lineup looked ridiculous. We had so many people there. His face. Yeah. His face looked like he wanted to murder somebody. And he goes, he goes, so he just looks down the line. He's like, oh, funny, huh? Yeah, really. He's like, I hope you have a white key. I hope you have your white key. Just looks down the line. And then he says, who's up for promotion? Who's up for promotion? And I was just like, oh, no. I was like, oh, wow, thank God I didn't do this. As much as you say, oh, I'm not worried about the belt. I'm like, I definitely don't want to be held back because I wore an oddly colored gay. But, yeah, so, yeah, when you come through. We're white. He's listen. When it's like open, that's Saturday, Sunday, open mat. It's usually like you know, it's no big deal. We have yeah. we usually have a lot of different people come in, so he he's never throwing anybody out. But like Monday to Friday, <laughs> you know, it's like kind of toe the company line kind of thing. 
So. Yeah, it's it's weird because our you know our gym is so laid back. Um, like you know we did the main traditions like bow when you get on the mat. You know, trying to don't interrupt class, even though half the time there's a dick or fart joke thrown out there. You know, <laughs> especially when he's talking about okay, when you put your hands inside the lapel, only use two fingers. I was like, oh, so it's a virgin lapel. <laughs> Not very experienced, you know. <laughs> it's it's so hard, man, because we we got a couple of women in the class, and we do our best not. To, we don't want to piss anybody off, but we're all so close. Like it's literally we're like family, so. It, yeah. It, it gets pretty pretty inappropriate at our gym sometimes. So For, my we, coach is an Air Force vet. So okay, yeah. well you, we could joke around, you know, a little bit, but it's got to you know it's you, we do have a lot of women that train. You know, it's a husband wife yeah. team, uh, Felipe and, and Sofia sure. Amarante. So we you know it's, and we have a lot of young kids that have now come up through his yeah. his kids program that are like sixteen. So and then the parents are sitting there and all that stuff. So it's usually pretty you know it's clean. As a matter of fact, like something yeah. we'll, we'll blast music and all. Sometimes you know, fuck you, I won't do what they told you. You know, like something <laughs> will come on and be like, yo, it's like you know, he'll get his son to go like turn off the music. So, <laughs> so we're usually pretty clean. You know, but we're we could joke, but within reason. Yeah. Like if you want to, I'm be pretty respect. I'm yeah, I'm extremely respectful in other people's gyms because yeah. I don't know how people are, and I'm not trying to piss people off. You know? Yeah. But you know, music is probably one of my biggest irritations with jujitsu. I fucking hate you don't music like you I'm don't training. like rolling to you don't like I, having music on. Oh, I love it. I like silence. I love it. Silence. Oh my god, <laughs> there's nothing better than see like something weird comes like like a, like every once in a while like you put on a playlist, but then like something like romantic comes on, and there's nothing better than just singing into your partner's ear and really and just licking it, it real quick, <laughs> making it feel uncomfortable. Yeah, the other night I was singing. Um, so. I always say this. I'm one of the bigger guys at my gym. Actually found out there's an older guy than me. I didn't know he was older than me. So we do have a 50-plus-year-old at my gym. So uh-huh. I'm the second oldest guy in my gym. So I have this thing about I let I let people come to me to roll. I usually don't chase people around because I am bigger. And, you know, maybe I've been a bully in the past here and there. You know, neon neck and, you know, weird, you know, like neon chest, <laughs> neon sternum. Yeah. And look, I'm just a bigger guy, and, and you know people get worried about getting hurt. Uh, and I haven't really hurt, ever hurt anybody, other than like I told you. So, so I was. My coach has done this before, so I stole it. I was just I was sitting there, and then I started singing all by myself. All by myself. Oh, Nobody wanted to roll no. me. So just it, it's a little. We do have that joke in the gym because like every once in a while, if somebody's by themselves, he'll sing it. So yeah. I started singing. So we can get away with stuff like that. It's kind of like, but yeah. if you if you try to be. I'm not saying that you can't come in and be be yourself. I'm not telling you this stuff because you're coming to visit. I'm just saying in general, you know, we're usually, you know, kind of like the class clown. He's going to, you know, he'll, you could see him getting visibly annoyed, <laughs> especially if like while he's talking or training, like even on, even on our yeah. open mats, he'll usually do uh, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll drill. We drill. He calls it, you know, you're paying for open mats. So he's like, we do some drilling. Yeah. Usually do maybe 15, 20 minutes of drilling and then we roll the rest of the time. So nice. um, he's he's great. I, I love where I am because of that. Like, I know we can joke. I kind of know what we can get away with it at, at this point because I've been there now f- over five years. But yeah. um, but he does keep people in line so it doesn't, like, get away from him, you know, that doesn't turn into for sure. a free-for-all. Yeah, there, you know? there's nothing that bothers me more than, like, you know, at our gym, we, we do joke around a little bit here. Like, if the coach says something and there's, like, there's – you know, a sexual innuendo in there. Somebody yeah. will say something every time. Yeah. But if it gets <laughs> to be too much where it's just like interrupting constantly or people are talking mm. on the side, like I was, I was an instructor when I was in the military for a little while, not a drill instructor, but um, I taught combat action, stuff like that. 
So when people start talking in the class, I literally just look at them like, and just give them the dad stare like I'm staring at my <laughs> yeah. children. Yeah. I just, I hate it. Just shut the fuck up. Listen to the coach, so, you know. So the music, why don't why don't you like music? You just, it's just not your he's thing? He's a mentalist. Or? That's why he's Well, a, he's... it's, a part of the reason is I'm deaf. Um, I had, uh, I, I had quite a few issues in the military. So like, I was oh. a 50 cal gunner. Oh. And a lot of times when we shot the 50 cal, we didn't have ear pro on. If you've never heard of 50 cal go off, that shit is loud. Is that, so, the, uh, that, is that the gun on, on like the top of a Hummer? Right there? Yeah, it's like a mounted gun. If you ever seen uh, Black Hawk Down, the gun's on top of the trucks when they're driving through okay. the city. Yeah. That's that's a 50 cal. So I did that on uh, three deployments. And uh, so, I mean, that's that's two years of shooting a 50 cal. Plus, we had a uh, we found a a bunker with a bunch of Russian missiles inside of it. We were doing base security in Afghanistan. So we were, we were called the area security. They call it ASO area security operations. Mm -hmm. And so we would drive around uh, through the villages, looking for hostels, looking for terrorists, whatever, um, searching for IEDs and stuff. And we had somebody run out and said, Hey, I know where a bunker is. So we went and found it. There was like 12 missiles or something like that. So we pulled it out and packed it full of C4. Not us, but EOD did, the explosive ordnance disposal. So they came out, packed it up, and my headset died. And so I took my headset off, and I, like, popped up over my turret because I was up on top of the truck. So I popped up my turret, and I'm looking around, and I was about to ask, hey, why don't we blow in this thing? And then, boom, right oh. as I did that. And we, we put way too much C4 on there. And we, <laughs> we actually got in trouble. <laughs> yeah, we, we actually got in trouble. We had to go um, – our our truck commander had to go in talk to the uh, the base commander and shit because there were some issues. Apparently, it was way too much, and uh, I don't think we told anybody we we're blowing something too. So a bunch of people on the base freaked out. But anyway, so the blast I don't know if it was the blast that knocked me out or like I got freaked out and fell backwards and hit my head. But I like <laughs> woke up. I woke up next to my driver. He's like, "Are you fucking sleeping?" I was like, "I think so." <laughs> I don't know wow. what just happened. Jeez. So that and then there was a bunch of. Uh, a bunch of other blasts and stuff like that. So, I mean, those earplugs that they give us suck. Um, isn't there, isn't there, don't I see some, like, posting for, like, some lawsuit? I don't know if that was a, in oh, the past. Like, bro, there was some it, lawsuit about that, right? Yeah. Like, if you, if you, I, I think I still see it on TV, fucking, right? Dude, if you apply for that, you, you get, like, 40 bucks. Really? Oh, it's, like, yeah. class action kind of thing? Yeah. It's like, okay, I want my $40. Wow. Like, okay. I mean, that's, like, really? a trip to B-Dubs or something. Wow. So, whatever. <laughs> yeah, so it's I I can't hear. So when the instructor is talking, I'm literally like sitting here like this. Wow. Like I'm like, can we turn that music off? I can't hear nothing. And then when rolling, I actually kind of treat it as a meditation session. Yeah, which sounds really psychopathic. No, not at um, all. But I like to just disappear, and so oh, I'm not really see? thinking about what I'm doing. I'm very defensive, um, so I react to what people do. Um, so I spend the majority of my time just relaxing, feeling the body, you know, just watching, jumping around, depending on who I'm rolling with. Have, you know, do you ever roll with my... your eyes closed? Do you ever just close your eyes yeah. and roll? I love doing yeah, that. Yeah, quite a bit. So, so I was right. He's a mentalist. What does that That's, mean? A mentalist is somebody who uh, gets into the moment in a very intellectual way, right? Mm -hmm. And then combining all the senses and stuff, but in a very, yeah. very uh, uh, um, analytical way in the moment. So. Yeah. You're immersed in that information. Okay. You know. Yeah, I mean, I teach I teach uh, mindfulness meditation to veterans, so I mean that's that's a big part of it. So what yeah. you're doing is you're literally disappearing from real life, but at the same time, everything is so enhanced, you know, because you can feel every time somebody moves, you can feel them moving. 
And so I feel like that has helped me evolve my game so much because I can actually, I can feel what's happening before I actually see it, you know, just because I could feel when they're moving. I'm not saying yeah. I predict the future or anything. I still yeah. lose all the time. <laughs> um, I just got heel hooked the other day and popped a piece of my ankle. So I was, mm. I'm limping mm-hmm. around right now. <laughs> I wish I would have seen that coming, but <laughs> no, I, it's, I like it's nice. to, it's, I do. It's I'm kind of the opposite. Um, I feel like I can get into that state because of the music. I'll stop okay. thinking. Uh, I'm like so concentrating on the music, especially when it's music that I love and or like mm-hmm. it takes me back to a point in time in the past. I can hear that music and I, I do roll with my eyes closed because of my first coach. We used to actually he would blindfold himself and then he like he would, you know, hey, blindfold and we roll. Uh, so yeah. I, I like that. It was it was nice to like lose that sense and then, you know, then then have to roll and, and that you learn how to feel it. But I do like when the music when I hear something that I like. The music just takes my 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 mind away. I'm not thinking about what am I doing next, and I feel like that's when I really get into that flow state, yeah. of just like moving and and. You well, know, you're so connected your, to yeah. whoever you're on with, yeah. you know. I mean, you're you always have like three to four points of contact, so you can almost guess what they're doing with their hand. You know, like they let go of one hand, they're probably going to go for this, or yeah. you know, just the whole go with the flow thing. I really love that part about jujitsu. So tell me a little bit about what you said. You coach. You're coaching other veterans in. What was that exactly? In so, the, in, um, in, in, uh, go ahead. Yeah. So with uh, with Warriors Next Adventure, um, we're we're a very different nonprofit. Um, I've been practicing Buddhism since 2016. Um, again, like I say all the time, I'm not a Buddhist because I fucking swear too much and I like meat, so I never could like go full monk, you know. Yeah. But uh, but I, I love. He says I never go full monk. <laughs> <laughs> and I actually understand. Yeah, we, we all yeah. we knew exactly what he meant. <laughs> yeah, I, I couldn't do that, man. So it's like you know, I it, I've I've had a lot of veterans call me the uh, Buddha veteran because you know I still like guns and you know all kinds of like the veteran stuff. But at the same time, I'm all about you know being peaceful, being calm, being nice to everybody mm-hmm. that you meet, um, and using mindfulness just to get used to what's going on around your surroundings. So the majority of what I teach. Um, has a lot of Buddhism thrown into it. I just don't, I don't really label it that because if, if I were to say, oh, we're doing Buddhism, you get half the Christians be like, oh, fuck that guy. You know, because <laughs> we're out. <laughs> they, yeah. So, and that's the thing. So the problem is, you know, meditation can help anybody because if you really think about it, when, when people pray, you know, essentially what you're doing is you're meditating. But instead of going inside and learning who you are on the inside, you're talking to God, right? So I'm not going to get into what I believe, what I don't believe. However, I've had a lot of veterans who, who are Christians who do pray often. Um, I've taught them how to meditate using mindfulness meditation, right? So there's a lot of people who meditate, and I personally feel like they're doing it wrong. So you get a lot of the guys that say, oh, I can't, I can't focus or I can't concentrate. Like that's exactly what you're doing wrong is you're trying to focus or you're trying to concentrate. What you have to do is you have to lose your mind. You have to stop trying to control things. And just let it go. Mm-hmm. So the way I explain it, the, the best way to explain mindfulness meditation is picture yourself as a passenger in a car, right? You can't control the speed. You can't control the direction. You can't control how fast, how slow. You can't control anything. You literally just got to sit there and watch, right? So when you're meditating, what you need to do is, you know, you do what's called a body check, right? So a lot of guys think that you have to sit there and do this. Like you don't have to do all that <laughs> crap. Just, just get comfortable. You can lay down on your bed flat if you want. It doesn't matter. Um, I actually meditate in my shower pretty often. It sounds weird, but I turn, I turn the water pretty hot 
the point where it's almost unbearable. And I sit at the edge of the tub and I let the water hit me in the back. I turn off all the lights because I like the pitch black. Um, and it, it just helps me just, I call it lose your mind. You know, it helps me just forget everything. And so what you do is called a body check. You sit down in a position, you get comfortable and you think about your shoulders and you loosen up your shoulders and you let them relax all the way down to your hands, your fingertips, your feet, your toes, everything. So once you do that, then that's when you really just let go. So if you need to get in a good state, you can focus on your breathing. You just go. So a lot of people don't realize proper breathing. You actually inhale and your stomach is actually supposed to push out a little bit, right? Because that's a full inhale. You know, we're taught as a society where like, oh, don't show your stomach, you know, mm-hmm. so that's that's not proper breathing techniques, right? So when you take in a deep breath, you expand your stomach, right? So if you look at some of the um, um, uh, Hicks and Gracie stuff, because he, he was big oh, on meditation, yeah. yeah, pushing his stomach all the way out, sucking it all the way in, his breathing techniques are great. Um, and so what you do is you take those deep breaths, and I always tell people, imagine a particle of air. You take in a deep breath and you imagine that that particle going down into your lungs, into your heart, through your bloodstream, down your toes, and then back up to your heart, through your lungs and out. And when you breathe out, you watch that particle disappear off into space. And eventually, to me, what happens is I feel like I am so relaxed to where, you know, I'm just I'm not I'm not so connected to my body anymore. And so eventually, after time, you know, when you're sitting in that passenger seat, you just let your mind wander. There's a lot of people who have had some pretty horrible traumas in their life, which is part of the reason why I started Worries Next Adventure. Is you have these traumas, and when they pop up in your head, you're like, oh, no, 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 no. I don't want to think about that. That's exactly what you shouldn't do. You know, because if something pops up in your head, it's usually because it's something that, A, you haven't addressed. Um, B, it's something that's that's hindering your ability to move on from a trauma in the past. Right? So... There was one time I was meditating. I thought about a time in uh, eighth grade. I still remember this. Um, Eighth grade, first day of school. I was an awkward kid. I didn't really know how to talk to people. And so I had a stick of deodorant in my bag. And so everyone was just sitting there talking. And I'm like looking through my bag like, oh, what's in here? I knew it was in there, but I just didn't know what to do. So I took out the deodorant. I put it on. And this girl looked at me like, oh, gross. Like that shit literally popped through my head one day. I'm like, why? Why am I thinking about that right now, right? Did I ever stop and, like, you know, think about why was that awkward for me? Like, why did I have to feel like I had to do something to be noticed, right? And so I think that's, you know, what I, what I determined from that is sometimes it's okay to go unnoticed. It's okay to just be quiet. It's okay to just sit and observe. And so one of my biggest issues for the longest time, you know, until about four or five years ago, is I felt like I always had to say something. You don't always have to, right? And so with Warriors Next Adventure, there's a lot of times that I'll take people out on a hike or something like that. And I noticed that there is a lot of power in silence. And so I fucking talk a lot. I mean, you know, I run a podcast because I talk so goddamn much. <laughs> um, but when we get out on a hike and I notice that, you know, this vet- this particular veteran is not going to benefit from me constantly talking, but maybe just say a little piece and then just be quiet and wait for them to respond. Right. And so that little tiny moment has helped me so much because I actually addressed it and I thought about it. And then I got deeper into thinking about you know, why, why was I so, you know, focused on having some sort of interaction when I could have just sat there, you know, 
And so you have to really stop and think, you know, what, why am I thinking about this? So whenever a memory pops in your head or there's something that pops in your head and you immediately want to push it away, you should actually let it come in and just, just figure it out, see where it goes, because it could really help you learn something about yourself. And so this is what I teach to a lot of veterans. There's some non-veterans who come to my meditation stuff and it works for anybody. You know, you just, you have to be able to let go. Um, there's a waterfall here in Minnesota that I take veterans to. It's a hidden waterfall. So you have to hike like 20 minutes to get to this thing. And it's not on any of the maps or anything like that. So it's actually pretty hard to find. Um, but I set up three stones under the waterfall. I call it the beginner, intermediate, advanced. The advanced one, you're literally in the middle of the waterfall. It's pretty, it's pretty rough. Uh, it's only like 15 feet tall. So it's not like a giant Niagara Falls mm -hmm. or anything like that. And so you get to the point where if you can actually sit in the uh, beginner stage and actually get to the point where you are completely lost from your mind, which I mean is like disconnected from your body, right? And I'm not saying you're just floating above watching yourself and you're actually disconnected, but you're, you're so lost in that moment. You're, you are that moment rather than, you know, rather than just uh, uh, worried about everything else going on. Right? And so I've gotten to the point where I can sit underneath that waterfall. I can meditate to the point with the water hitting me in the back where I quite literally have memories of myself watching myself meditate under that waterfall and I can see everything. So it's, it's all kind of superficial, but I'm not claiming that I disconnect from my body and literally float around and shit, <laughs> but you, you get so lost I, in the I moment. I have, so don't, don't think it's so crazy. <laughs> I got to a really bad car just, accident. I remember the, I remember it from above. I remember the yeah. scene, the police, the amb I, I remember everything from above. I don't know how, I don't know why, but I remember seeing it from. So you like, do have my, a soul. the picture in my mind <laughs> is I can see the whole scene, the corner, the Seven Eleven, the gas station. I saw it yeah. all from like I just when I think of when I see it in my head, I'm looking down on the whole thing. That's my memory of it. So don't yeah, you know? I, really, I do believe that that is I don't say possible, but. I had an experience like that. So. so you do have a soul, right? And, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it's such a strange phenomena, you know, cause there's, there's a, uh, oddly enough, we were just watching a TV show about this and, uh, there was uh, same kind of thing. You know, the person ended up drowning in a kayak and, uh, they came up and she was lifeless. They were doing CPR and she had no pulse, but she remembers all this. And she was telling these people what they were doing. And she was like saying, thank you for saving me. And you know, I saw this and this She's like, how did you see that? Mm. Right. So she just recalls these strange things. Right. So it really makes you think like how how much does our subconscious actually listen to? You know, how much do we actually retain? So that's why, you know, to bring this back to jujitsu, you know, when you're going through this flow and like with me, I get into that mindfulness meditation state when I'm rolling. I feel like I evolve so much quicker when I actually roll like that because I'm retaining a lot of the little things. Right. Because jujitsu, there's so many tiny things that your hand is like this and not like this, mm. you know, it, it's such, such little tiny minuscule things that will completely change your game. Yeah. And, you know, for me, um, essentially using jujitsu as a meditation session, I retain things much quicker. Yeah. Funny enough, you know, as far as just the jujitsu side of that, I've been watching like tons. Of, when I look for technique videos, I don't look for technique videos. I look for like the little like hacks or like the little thing that I'm missing, like, Oh, if I do it that way, so I, yeah. I, I, I understand that side of it. I, I, I love that, that part. 
just finding like the littlest things, you know, like, oh, make my game a little bit better. I've been watching a yeah. lot of uh, BMAC stuff. He, we had Brandon McCatherine on recently, and uh, I was already watching his one-minute jiu-jitsu hack stuff, and, and he, he's a great coach, and then he has just like the little, like, do this and put the foot here. It is like a yeah. game of, of like not even inches of like millimeters sometimes, like just do it this way. But like, let, let's take a step back because we're talking about Warriors Next Adventure, sure. and if somebody's listening, a newer listener, that's come on since you were with us on episode 30, they may not know what the heck we're talking about. So let's kind of, let's start from the beginning. Let's tell everybody your story, how you started Warriors Next. Um, You know, don't feel like we're going over it again, because again, we probably, we have a ton more listeners than we did when you were first (laughs) on. And uh, I'm sure they'd like to know the story. So long story short is still a long story. So I'll do my best Mm to, uh, to put it in a nutshell. Um, You know I, I was a, I served in the military for six years. I deployed four times, uh, four times in six years. That's, that's a big frequency. Um, I spent a little over two years overseas and then the rest of my time in the military was literally spent training. I went and added it up, um, in the air force, you have a job at home and then usually you do the same job overseas, but air force security forces is so diverse. We do anything from like presidential security to, like regular airplane security or police. We also do convoys, we do route clearance, which is we drive around the streets of Afghanistan and Iraq. And uh, we clear the roads before the big convoys go through. So we look for bombs, IEDs, EFDs, um, um, any, any kind of explosive that could actually injure somebody. So our job is to go out and find these things. Um, I was the lead gunner um, in 2008. So my job was to find things. And if I miss them, then somebody behind me dies. So if my truck just so happens to get by it, the fourth, fifth, sixth, I mean, there's all these trucks that could possibly die. So think about all that stress, you know, on itself, just listening to that, like you could stop and think, fuck, that would suck. Right. Mm-hmm. But imagine being 20 years old. So it's, it's not me saying that like, Oh, I've been through more. It's just, you, you stop and think like at 20 years old, that's a lot of trauma. Even if nothing really happened, you go out there every single day prepared to die. Because you know that there's things, these, you know, Al-Qaeda, um, the Taliban, all these guys are really clever. They're really good at hiding these explosives, like, to the point where they're covering things in styrofoam and painting it to make it look like the road. Like, th- these guys are very crafty. Um, so anybody who thinks that these guys are stupid because they, they do live in mud huts. It's the majority of the houses in Afghanistan are literally made out of mud. However, they're very clever. Um, they pay attention to us and they notice what we're doing and then they slowly change over time. Um, so I did this four times and enough things happened overseas where I was, I was pretty jacked up in the head from it. Um, I got sent to mandatory, um, mandatory counseling because they thought that I was having some psychological issues, which I absolutely was. Um, but I lied about it constantly. Um, a lot of veterans tend to hide their mental health issues because what happens is Say I was in Afghanistan and said, hey, that last explosion really fucked me up. What they do is they take your gun away. They take your job away from you. They take away your life. Right. That's that's who you are. You know, and you're no longer part of the team. You're no longer um, valuable. You no longer can provide for the rest of your people. So what they do is they take you away from that group. Right. So essentially, you're losing your family. You're losing your your meaning in life. So if you say something, they'll take that. from you. So you don't say anything that so the problem is people do that for like four five six ten years and then they get out of the military and they're expected to just move on with civilian life it's not that easy right 
Um, so I personally struggled pretty bad to the point where uh, 2015 was so bad. I was an alcoholic. I found out my daughter was autistic. Uh, my eight-year-old daughter, um, she's pretty severely autistic. She's, she still doesn't talk. Um, she's nonverbal. Um, it can be extremely difficult. Uh, beautiful little girl, but man, it makes life difficult sometimes. Um, so back then in 2015, we found out she was autistic and it goes through your head. Um, you have what's called a blueprint, right? Everybody has a blueprint of who they want to be. Um, if you're not living that blueprint, chances are I'll show you somebody who's depressed. Um, you can always change that blueprint. That's the thing. So the same thing goes with your children. Everybody has a blueprint of what they think their children's going to be, right? Mm -hmm. So at the time, I had to go through the realization that my daughter will likely never have a boyfriend. Um, she'll never live with me. Um, she will never drive a car. She'll never, she'll never do all of the normal things that most kids do, right? She's her own person. She's she's an amazing person, but it's it's not what a father had in mind for their child. So that was really difficult for me. On top of that, um, there were some infidelity issues with my ex-wife. Now, let me just preface me and her get along just fine. Um, there's a lot of bad things happen in that relationship. We should not have been together as long as we were. And it got to the point where I actually uh, put a gun to my head and I pulled the trigger. Um, but I was lucky enough to where it was a dry fire. The uh, primer was struck, but the primer was a duck. So I had to spend the next few years trying to figure out why the hell am I still alive? Um, it was really difficult for me because everybody thinks that after that gun didn't go off, that I was just great and dandy, right? No, it was still mm. a couple of years of struggling, you know? Yeah. Um, but I started doing research on PTSD, on suicide, on depression, on substance abuse. Um, I stopped drinking so much. I actually used jujitsu to stop drinking because after my suicide attempt, I called my jujitsu coach and said, Hey man, I want to go to, I want to go to Brazil with him. Cause he was going to Brazil with his black belt. I got back from that and I decided I was going to start fighting MMA again. And I decided I'm going to be the best jujitsu fighter in Minnesota. Right. So long story short, these past few years, I take the time to really develop my mental health, but also try to figure out and understand what I was going through. Um, on top of that, I made it all the way to the rank number three welterweight MMA fighter in Minnesota in 2018. Um, I, uh, I broke my neck in 2016, hmm. was told Jeez. I would never fight again. And uh, I pretty much told them, bullshit, I'm going to fight again this year. And they're like, OK, so. What happened was my vertebrae were twisted in my neck, and so they had to actually take my vertebrae, twist it back. They had to cut off a bulge in my disc. They had to fuck with my nerve too, my C6 nerve was jacked up. And then on top of that, um, there was a slight crack in my vertebrae. So they didn't fuse it, which is great. Um, and they said that I would have a 60 or an 18-month recovery. Um, I had been studying epigenetics at the time, as well as Buddhism. So epigenetics is essentially the science to Buddhism, explaining why your environment is so important to you, right? When it comes to healing and being sick, right? Have you ever heard of a hypochondria, mm -hmm. right? The people who are like, oh, I'm sick, I'm sick. Yeah. And the next, you know, they're fucking sick, right? So they literally think themselves sick. So why can't we do that to make ourselves healthy? And so I was already digging into this stuff before I broke my neck. And so what I did was I got a, I was reading articles every single day on spinal cords and spinal issues, spinal injuries and how to heal them properly. And I started doing as much research as I can on like medical, I started learning anatomy on my own because I wanted to fix my fucking neck. 
And so I started learning all these different exercises. On top of that, I started using mindfulness meditation, but focusing on feeling my neck heal and making sure my neck gets better, right? And so no shit. Two months after my surgery, um, I go in for a checkup to get the staples removed. Now at that time, the staples are super annoying and they're, I could feel them rubbing on my spine. And so I actually grabbed the pliers and I ripped those, I ripped those things out. <laughs> so I showed up to get my staples removed and I already had them out. I was like, so about the staples, uh, they were really uncomfortable. And they're like, what did you do? I was like, I just pulled them out with the pliers. She's like, oh like, you're crazy. So I did an MRI and then uh, the neuro doctor comes in and he's like, what did you do? And I'm like, oh shit. I was like, did I screw up? They're like, he's like, you're, you're 100% healed in two months. Wow. And I was like, what do you mean? He's like, your, your vertebrae are exact place. They need to be. The crack is essentially gone. He's like, your, your disc is, is in perfect position. It's even looks better than it did before. And so I'm just like, okay, what does that mean? He's like, you're free. <laughs> mm. I was like, okay. I was like, your patients are usually, what, 50, 60? They're like, no, you are a freak. He's like, there's no way you should physically be healed like this. So I started to think about, like, what did I do, right? So there's this, this doctor called Dr. Joe Dispenza. He's, a, he, he's involved with epigenetics, right? And uh, he actually did the same thing years ago when he broke his lower back. He, he literally used epigenetics and meditation to heal himself, right? And so this guy's actually walking around again. And, you know, he's physical proof. So look up Dr. Joe Dispenza if you want to look into a little bit more of saying. It's not witchcraft. But it's actually real shit. Yeah, so he, two uh, months after that. Yeah. Sorry, go ahead. No, he, he said, the way he says it, he, I reconstructed my back in, exactly. in four months. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I remember we talked about him last time. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, so um, two months later, I had a fight. So four months after breaking my neck, I come back. I trained for two months to get in fight shape, which at the time before my surgery, I couldn't curl a 10 pound dumbbell on my right arm. So after my surgery, after being fully healed, I was bench pressing about, about 150, 160 again. I could never really bench that much, believe it or not, like 200 pounds is the most I've ever benched. Um, I could deadlift like 435 pounds. My body's weird as shit. Um, so I get out there and I end up winning um, fight of the night. And I choked him out in the third round. It was great. I got a title shot right after that. You know, things just kept going well for me. And I realized that it's it's all here, right? It was all mindful that I started to want to be happy. I started to make the choice to be happy. And it it's a series of choices. It's not just wake up one day like, oh, I'm happy. It doesn't work like that, mm -hmm. right? You have to do the work. Um, and so learning all of this stuff, and realizing that I think the reason why I started to heal is because I started to understand what was happening. And I started to realize that the majority of people don't understand what's actually happening inside their head. Like a therapist is not going to heal you. What they're going to do is help you understand yourself. Right. So the more that we, the more knowledge that we have, the more we understand about what's going on up here, the easier it is for us to actually heal ourselves. And so I was like, you know, how can I keep doing this? So backtrack to 2017, Real quick, um, I, I was a 911 dispatch for the Minnesota State Patrol, which I have two weeks left because I, uh, I had to resign from my job to film this documentary. So I'm dedicated. <laughs> we'll talk about um, that in a second. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? So 2017 rolls through, and I'm I'm answering a 911 phone call, and it was a female saying, I'm going to kill myself. I'm like, oh, well, don't do that. Um, 
And so we pulled her up on camera because we have GPS and then our, uh, we have access to the traffic cameras. So I pulled her up on the camera and she's standing there on the edge of the bridge. And so we start to talk and I was trained by the FBI while in the military in negotiation tactics and hostile negotiation. Um, so great skill to have as a 9 one dispatcher because it's really easy to manipulate people's minds if you actually know how to do it, right? Um, so I was talking to her and eventually it got to the point where she mentioned something about the military. I was like, are you a veteran? She was like, yeah. I was like, I'm an Air Force veteran. And she's like, oh, I thought you said you were a veteran, right? Poking <laughs> jabs at me for being in the Air Force. And I was like, all right. <laughs> I was like, all right. Well, I got her. Um, and so the more we talked, I started asking her, like, you know, tell me about your military service. I want to hear more. I was like, you're my sister. I was like, I want to know. Like, tell me about my sister. And so I started getting that close relationship, which they tell you not to do all the time. But fuck that. I, I'm, I'm all about getting 100% close to somebody, right? I think there's too many people that are scared to actually get a human connection these days. I just don't get it. So it got to the point where, you know, it was going well. Um, but then we brought up something along the lines of um, uh, she had a son who died in a car accident. She was homeless, living in her car. You know, this poor woman has just been through so much shit. And uh, I see her take a step forward like she's going to jump. And I'm like, just wait, please. Now, at this time, I had never told anybody that I was gonna, that I tried to kill myself. That's something that I buried inside myself. Um, and I told her, I was like, you know, two years ago, um, I put a gun to my head and I pulled the trigger. And uh, I've been trying to figure out why I'm still alive. And for some reason, I can never put two and two together to find out why that gun didn't go off. And I was like, maybe this is it. Maybe I'm supposed to talk to you today. You know, two veterans talking together. You know, let me help you. And uh, she actually got down. Wow. Um, yeah, I still get emotional about that story because it's it, it's a lot, man. Not not only just talking to somebody who wants to kill themselves, but watching it happen mm. and knowing that if she takes one step forward, I'm literally going to watch a woman die who I'm talking to on the phone. You know, so wow. um, she ended up getting down. Uh, we got her the help that she needed. I actually had a connection who helps veterans getting the homes. And I was like, that was the best drug I've ever had in my life. Wow, yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. So I was just like, how can I recreate this? And so I started traveling in 2018 around. I went to Sturgis. Um, I got hammered one night party with the Hells Angels on accident. That was a lot of fun. <laughs> accident. Um, I wish I could. <laughs> <It's> accident. <laughs> I wish Accidentally I could... <laughs> had a good time. With it. <laughs> I, I wish I could remember that night. I woke up in my car not knowing how I got there. Um, and then, you could have uh, woke up in a, in a worse place partying with the Hells Angels. I know, right? Well, the, the funny thing is that morning I woke up with a bunch of text messages saying, dude, you're crazy. I'm like, who the fuck is this? Like, this is Joe. I'm like, who the fuck is Joe? And so they told me the story. <laughs> like, you don't remember? And I'm like, no, dude. So the next day I met them at a, another bar and they're like, dude, look at this. So they show me a video. Not only am I hammered, um, <laughs> part of the reason why I don't drink anymore, I'm over a year sober now, but... Uh, I, it was a video of me standing on a stage on a stripper pole, pushing a stripper out of the way, saying that I could do it better. <laughs> it's literally, so, yeah. literally the hangover. I'm sure you've been drunk, but have you ever been push a stripper off the pole drunk? Yeah. Move aside. I got this. <laughs> I mean, I woke up with a bunch of ones in my pocket. I was like, what? where did this money come from? So, I mean, that was a, that was a fun weekend, but um, the guys were all veterans. And so I noticed a connection there. I met a couple other vets while I was out there. I ended up going to Florida. 
two months later, I ended up going to Hawaii in 2000, uh, um, 2019 in February. And I just, I didn't have a hotel or anything. I literally just brought a tent and I camped around the island out by the beach. It was amazing. The best trip I've ever had. Um, but I kept running into veterans every day. Everywhere I went, I was running into veterans. Like, is, is this supposed to happen? Right? It's like, what is happening here? Now, again, back in 2010, um, I responded to a call in Iraq uh, for shots fired on base. And uh, I get there, and a young soldier had laid down in his bed and shot himself in the bottom of the chin. Um, mm. But he, he was still alive when I got there. So there, there was no save, you know, with, with the injuries. I'm not going to be graphic with it, but he would, there was no save. So... I walk over and I put my hand on his chest and he grabs my fingers. I'll never forget, you know, that grip. I still wake up feeling that grip sometimes. Um, but I, I see him very often in my dreams. Um, and around this time, uh, I was seeing him every single night. And every time I'd run into a veteran, for some reason that night I would see him. And so I started to lose my fucking mind. Like, why am I seeing a dead guy every night? Like, this is starting to freak me out. And so, again, with all the other stuff going on psychologically, I learned about it. And so once I knew about it, it didn't affect me as bad. And so I'm like, why do I keep seeing this guy? And so I determined in my own head that maybe Michael keeps showing up to guide me to help veterans. Maybe that's what I'm supposed to do. Look at all the things I've already done. And so I was like, you know what? Maybe I can bring my thoughts and create a program to maybe help veterans you know, get in a better mindset. Cause I started to realize that mindset is everything. Mindset changes everything. You know, you can be in the shittiest situation. Look at some of the poorest countries in the world. They have the lowest depression rates uh, than anywhere. Right. I think part of the reason why depression rates are so bad in the United States is because we have it so fucking easy, right? The poorest people in the United States are rich in other places, you know? And so I started to think like, you know, what can I do? So I created Warriors Next Adventure. Initially, it was just going to be a travel thing. I was going to travel. I was going to blog about it and write stories about mindset and everything. And I was going to try to be like a, I hate this term, but like a life coach, right? It's the stupidest term in the world. A guru. So I go with, men, I go with, I, <laughs> there you go. I go with mentor now because mentor is a lot less douchey. Um, <laughs> but, <laughs> like two months after I created the website and started writing blogs and, uh, I, I wrote an article called um, the six principles to improve your state of mind. I live by these principles and it's what has guided me through life. But that was the first time I publicly wrote about my suicide attempt. Not even my family knew. And so mm -hmm. I posted that article and I got like 400 phone calls in like three <laughs> or four days. Um, there, every one of them was like, you, you tried to kill yourself. I'm like, yeah. Um, I was not okay for a long time. And they're like, nobody fucking knew. Cause I smiled and laughed all the time. And so they're just like, how can you be suicidal? And I'm like, I wish I could explain to you what was going through my fucking head at the time. I was like, but now this is what I want to do is I want to help veterans find the power inside themselves again, because we all have the power to heal ourselves. Right? So therapists, medication, me, it, we're all just tools, right? So your job is to collect as many tools as you can, but, a tool is fucking worthless if you don't pick it up and use it. So essentially what I'm doing is I'm giving veterans as many tools as I can to help them with their mental health, but I'm also teaching them how to use these tools, you know? And so I created this program 
you know, where we put veterans in vulnerable situations. Like we have wolves up here in Minnesota. So we actually get to go play with wolves. We get to go wow. in the cages and pet them and everything's great. There's a wolf. You um, just, I just heard. <laughs> on cue. <laughs> you just mentioned wolf dog on barks. Cue. <laughs> <laughs> I w- that was my pit bull. Um, like, pit bull was like, that. I know you're cheating on me. So I'm not good enough anymore. <laughs> yeah, she's super awkward every time I come back from the wolves. But it's great. Like, mm-hmm. I actually got to go rescue a wolf last March. He was mm-hmm. due for euthanasia. And we drove up to Wisconsin. And we, we picked him up from his owner, which that was an irritating situation. They had him chained up outside, living outside. No shelter, no den, no house, nothing. Like, wolves have dens. They don't sleep outside in the elements. People don't understand that. And this guy had him tied up outside. So, you know, that was probably one of the best things I've done with this nonprofit is because not only did we rescue him, but we built his cage, which is like a, I think it's like a 15 by 40 foot cage. It's huge. He's got a big, big area to run around, uh, but he's also got a barn he can go inside. And so we built this cage. Um, we got to rescue him. And then that night I ended up sleeping at my dad's and then drove back up there. And they left him in the garage for me so I can actually release him into his pen. For the first time ever, he actually got to run around outside, not on the leash. You know, and nice, nice. I got to do that, right? But there was veterans that helped me with all of this stuff, so they get to be a part of that, right? So it's not just me doing things that makes me feel good. I take veterans with me everywhere I go. Any chance I get to go do something that I think is awesome, I justify using WNA funds by taking veterans with me because I know this is going to help my mental health and it's going to help me improve my life. I'm going to take another veteran with me so he can experience it too. And so instead of me just traveling, doing things on my own, I take veterans with me everywhere I go. So any chance I can, you know, I buy an extra plane ticket, take a veteran with me. So, um, like I said, we have wolves, we have jujitsu, we have the race car. uh, I'm a dirt track racer, which is awesome. Nice. That's probably one of the funnest things we get to do. Uh, nice. But I take two veterans with me to every race. I pay for their pit pass. They get to come down, work in the pits, work on the cars with us. Um, I'm a horrible driver, so we got to fix it all the time. <laughs> I uh, can I can hook you no. up with that part. I, if I can help you, I can definitely. Because I'm a car guy. Hey, I, that's what I do. Well, we might have to come up for the first race this year because I'm terrible. I got 14th out of out of uh, 16 last time, so I'm pretty proud of myself. I wasn't last. Um, yeah, D- DFL but we also had, a, <laughs> DFL yeah, we is also not have the place to be. Yeah. Oh yeah, here it's it's all dirt track up here, so it's I, I got to get used to the turns. My turns are terrible. I hit the wall like three times last year. But <laughs> anyway, so veterans get to come out there, but we also work on the car in the garage. And if anybody's ever worked with their father in the garage, that's when a lot of really tough conversations happen, or really good conversations. And so that's why I incorporated it into the nonprofit because every time I've had veterans in the garage working on things, they start talking about a divorce. They start talking about problems with their wife. They start talking about like, you know, friends that died overseas. So the only thing that I'm doing, all of this cool shit that we do, it's a face. It's all a cover, right? That's just the cool shit that we get to go do. While we're doing this cool shit, I'm going to make you talk about your traumas, right? So that's the uncomfortable part, right? But you're much more apt to actually talk about things that are really fucking with you mentally when you're doing an activity that's either fun, dangerous, exciting, right? So you got to get those levels up to the same level as right about the time where you had that trauma. So getting in a cage with a wolf, looking him in the face, you're, you're up here, right? Your, your fear level is up here, especially if you're scared of dogs. Um, 
So what I do is I get these vets into vulnerable states. And what I do is we start talking about their traumas and things just start to come out. I share a little bit about my story. The next thing you know, like, yeah, I, I actually tried to OD last year or, you know, I tried to kill myself. You know, I, I drove my car off a cliff, which I've had a veteran do that. It's, it's wow. that guy's a lucky son of a bitch. Wow. Um, so essentially what I'm doing is I'm recreating the main things that veterans need. We need camaraderie. We need a sense of purpose and we need adventure. And those are the things that I can help with, right? I'm working on the financial side of it. Um, I got some business things that I'm doing right now, but I'm not going to really start promoting it until I actually become successful with it because I don't feel right teaching people something that I haven't mastered. Um, and then relationships with the other thing, right? So I'm working on that as well. Um, I, I have a great girlfriend. She's amazing. She just moved in. Um, so I guess you could say it's getting pretty serious. Um, <laughs> so, so we're, we're working on all aspects that veterans struggle with. I want to be able to help them. So essentially I'm a big networking service for veterans and then we can help you, you know, improve your life, you know, by changing your mindset. So now how to talk about the documentary now, let's, let's kind of tell everybody what you're doing. Uh, ju- uh, PTSD versus jujitsu is the name of the documentary, right? Is that a working yeah, title or yeah. that's the title? That's the title. That's the so title. Okay. Um, the secondary title is fight for your life, right? So when we get out of the military, we, we have to fight for our life, right? And not just like that we're in danger all the time, but we have to fight this. This is our biggest enemy. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of veterans don't do anything about that. They sit at home, they play video games, which if you play video games as your, as your, uh, you know, your self care, yeah. yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. Right. But if you're doing that to hide from the world, then it's an issue, right? If you're doing that to hide from your problems, that's an issue. Anytime you're hiding from your problems or doing an activity to hide from your problems, that's an issue. Um, believe it or not, jujitsu is a way to work through your problems. You know, like, you, you had TJ on the other day, um, and TJ Kreitzer from We Defy, he, he was on my podcast on, on episode four, I believe. So way in the beginning. Um, our, our mindset on jiu-jitsu is so similar. Like, the partnership with We Defy just seemed like it, we had to do it, right? Um, but a lot of it comes to do with in the military, and this is something that TJ said. So in, when we're in the military, we're taught that if you – if you fail, people die. You know, it's a, it's a very obvious thing that we have to deal with in the military, right? But you never learn that failure is okay sometimes because in the military, failure is death. And so you have to get used to failing. And the best way to do that, in my mind, is jiu-jitsu because the first six months you train jiu-jitsu, you can get your ass kicked by everyone, right? <laughs> that, like, 160-pound, 16-year-old blue belt is going to destroy you, mm. right? And so... We, we have to learn to mesh back in the society, right? We're not always in danger. We're not always getting shot at. So we have to figure out how to control um, that fight or flight. And so jujitsu is one of the best ways that personally that I've been able to control that fight or flight response. I call it jujitsu in my mind is self-induced anxiety. So you're, you're literally putting yourself into a space where you will be anxious because you're going to get your ass kicked. You're going to get choked. You have to look for all of these different things, but you know, as in life, sometimes the best answer is just to tap. You know, if, if you feel overwhelmed, just, you know, and what that means is same with real life. If you, if you feel overwhelmed, just tap, right? Reach out for help. You know, ask your coach at call me, um, reach out to mental health, 
you know, whether you're a veteran or not, this doesn't apply to only veterans. I'm always speaking to everybody. Um, I, I focus on veterans because that's my nonprofit, but this has to do with anybody, anybody dealing with any kind of trauma, whether it's uh, the number one leading cause of PTSD is actually car accidents, believe it or not. Really? Um, yeah. And then uh, sexual trauma and then physical trauma, like assault, child, uh, child abuse, stuff like that. Um, combat is actually pretty low on the list, believe it or not. Um, so when I talk about PTSD, I mean, any sort, any, any trauma that has caused PTSD, right? Um, so don't think that when I'm talking about this stuff, you're like, oh, well, yeah, I feel that, but I'm not a veteran, right? Yeah, I think when, when, when people hear the term PTSD, it's right, it goes right to this military yeah. definition. Yep. You know. And there's there's a lot of, I blame a lot of the bro vets for that, you know, I'm saying like a female talking about how she has PTSD, is like, you never deployed, but here she had been sexually abused multiple times. Yeah. She absolutely has PTSD. Um, but yeah, so it's, it's just, uh, you know, people need to start understanding trauma is trauma, right? It's all processed in this, in the brain, nearly identical. I wouldn't say identical, but nearly identical, right? So if somebody was either, uh, raped in the military, sexual military trauma is one of the biggest traumas that women don't talk about men too, believe it or not. Um, so a lot of people hide from the problems when you need to face it front, like face it head on. And jujitsu teaches you to face your problems head on because if you just give up, you're going to get destroyed, right? Mm -hmm. So it also teaches you how to be confident. Um, I say often that jujitsu woke up the champion inside of me because in 2015, after my suicide attempt, I clung to jujitsu and MMA. Uh, same thing. I, I wanted to be the best jujitsu fighter in MMA in Minnesota. And so my focus was to, you know, shine through jujitsu and, you know, I ended up getting three submission victories in, in four years. So, I mean, I was pretty happy about that. Um, and so I wanted to show other veterans the the positive effects of jujitsu, right? And so obviously, no brainer, reach out to We Defy to see if they wanted to partner on this, right? I'm doing all the work, but what they're doing is they're, I'm utilizing a lot of their networks, right? And so because I support We Defy, I love We Defy. I'm an ambassador. I'm on their athlete engagement team. Um, I do what I can to support these guys, but I want, I decided that 10% of what I make from the sponsor donations and the GoFundMe, I'm going to donate to Weedify. As of now, we're up to about 600 bucks. So, you know, keep donating to the GoFundMe and stuff so I can donate. Send me the link. I'll put it in the, uh, in the bio and the description awesome. of, the, of the podcast yeah, yeah, I'll, and the, I'll, and the video. I'll send you the GoFundMe. Um, and so I, it was a no brainer because Weedify, I think is one of the first, I know Mission 22 is focused on Jiu-Jitsu too, but um, Weedify just, just stuck out to me, right? And so, you know, they're already working with veterans who are 80% or more disabled. And so I'm like, you know what, let's work together on this. You know, it's it's my project. Let me do it. But I'm going to throw you guys in as a partnership. Um, help me out with getting the word out. Let me, give me access to your athletes, you know, because I want to interview a bunch of these guys. And so on the tour, we actually have, Four we to five uh, we to five athletes are going to be riding with us um, for like a week at a piece. So what we're doing is we're leaving April 21st. We're starting in Minnesota and we're driving to Montana as that's our first set of stops. We're going to SBG in Kalispell. We're going to um, Hughes Grappling in Kalispell. We're going down to Missoula BJJ. 
and there's like 38 gyms. I'm not going to sit and list every single one of them. Um, but we're starting there. Then we're going to Washington, down to California. We're going around the whole country. Um, and so what we did was we bought a school bus. And so we converted this short bus, which is awesome. Um, we put a naming contest out there. Veterans are not the most PG people. <laughs> um, <Yeah>. some, <laughs> some of the names that were thrown out there, I'm like, I cannot do that. Sorry, guys. <laughs> Hilarious, because I have a horrible sense of humor. However, you know, you got to think about offending people, too, you know. So mm-hmm. I was like, yeah. No. So Warrior Wagon is what won. That was the most okay. appropriate title. <laughs> <laughs> Makes sense, and, though, uh, too. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of people that wanted to, uh, so we're, we're doing a thousand dollars to sponsor the bus. I mean, you get a logo on there. And so we actually had somebody start a GoFundMe to raise a thousand dollars, put a giant dick on the side of the bus. Ah, so I'm, like, <laughs> I'm like, we're not doing that. Sorry. I'll take yeah. your donation money, but we're not doing it. Oh, wow. <laughs> um, so I mean, there's kids and stuff, so we have to make sure, you know, yeah. it's, it's, it's gotta be PG. Um, so we converted this thing, um, St. Croix custom furnitures, which is actually, he's my board member. Um, he actually built the bus for us. So he built the bunk beds. Um, we have bunk beds in the back. We have a bed on the side, some storage. We're putting a recliner in there. We just drove down to Omaha. We had a, uh, a bus driver's seat donated to us, a really nice air ride seat. Um, we had a bunch of equipment donated to us from people. So thank you, everybody who donated. Thank you, guys. Um, and so at we'll have about three to four people in this bus at all times on this tour. So what we're doing is we're actually going doing free seminars. So uh, if you go to warriorsnextmetro.com and you click on the uh, PTSC versus Jiu-Jitsu tab, the whole list of all of the states and uh, Jiu-Jitsu gyms that we're going to will be on that list. Um, they're open mats. If you're a veteran, not a veteran, I don't care. Just come show up. If you want to learn about Jiu-Jitsu, if you don't train, come check it out. If you train in another gym and you're hearing this, come out for the day and hang out with us. You know, I'm, I'm sure your, your guys you know, will support it. Um, but what we want to do is every single gym is going to get an episode on YouTube. So we're doing an episodic series where we're going to have like food eating contests and like all kinds of crazy dumb shit. So, cause me and me and Joe are goofballs. So we're also going to add in, um, I'm making Joe eat weird shit while we go around and we're gonna record <laughs> it. <laughs> so we got like rattlesnake in Arizona. Oh boy. We're going to my sister's house in Dallas. And uh, she married into a Vietnamese family. So they're having a Vietnamese cookout for us. And I was like, can you guys get some balut? We're going to make, make Joe eat balut. What you know what that? it is? No, what is that? It's like the petrified egg. So it it's like a it's like a fully developed chicken inside of an oh, egg. Oh, I see. Yeah, I've got yeah. 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 Google, show yeah. Or something. Google it. It's so yeah. gross, right? Oh. But it's, it's a delicacy in certain places. So I'm like, yeah. Joe, you're going to eat balut. He's like, I'm not eating balut. Like, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> so the with the episodes, we're actually going to be adding a lot of the a lot of the outtakes. And we're, we're doing fun stuff, too. Like, we're going surfing. We're going downhill bike riding. We're going deep sea fishing in Florida. We got all kinds of fun stuff we're doing while we travel. But we're inviting veterans to do all this stuff with us. Um, the deep sea fishing is pretty limited, though, because we only got enough space on there. Um, but we're also partnering up with a bunch of nonprofits while we travel around the country. Um, in California, we're teaming up with the Oath Foundation. Dude, this one is going to be awesome. If you live in San Diego area, come to that fundraiser. It's like 10 bucks at the door. But we're selling raffle tickets. The, the prize, I actually really want this prize. It's a uh, deep sea fishing with like clay guida 
and like two other <laughs> UFC yeah. stars. Oh, wow. I'm like, that's amazing. So it's like tw- yeah. 20 bucks a raffle ticket to possibly get like a $2,000 charter with a bunch of UFC stars. That's cool. I'm like, I want to do that. Awesome. I think Chad Mendez is one of the other guys too. Really? Um, but oh, I there, met, that's all uh, Team Alpha Male up there, right? There you go. Even Clay, yeah. Clay is, is out of Team Alpha Male now. At least yeah. his last few fights. So did you hear about the uh, um, the Jeff Butler tournament up in Venice? Or, uh, uh, what's the name of that city? First of the V, it's west of Las Ve- uh, LA. Ventura. Ventura. Um, I can't say where it was because I don't know if I'm allowed to or not, but it was an underground tournament in California um, about three weeks ago. Mm-hmm. So I got lucky enough where I actually got invited out there. So I got to compete for Jeff Butler in my first Purple Belt oh, really? tournament, which was wow. awesome. So I'm sitting out there and uh, I look over and Dean Lister walks in. I was like, oh, shit. Wow. I was like, Dean Lister. I was like, I got to talk to Dean, right? So we were supposed to go to Victory MMA, but COVID has everything shut down. So I went up to Dean and I started talking. I was like, hey, man, you're one of my UFC heroes, man. I love you. I was like, your, your leg lock videos are amazing. I was, and I just started, you know, building them up. I told him about the nonprofit. I was like, yeah, hey, we were actually supposed to go to your gym. I was like, I've been talking to Cage. So like, oh, yeah, I know Cage. And, uh, so we start bullshitting. And I was like, you know, is there any way we could we could do something when I'm in San Diego? He's like, yeah. He's like, take my number. So he gives me a cell phone number. I'm like, oh, shit. Mm-hmm. I was like, Dean Lizard gave me his number. And uh, so we're going to go hang out with him. He's like, you know who would be really good for your interview? Jocko. He's like, he's like, do you know Jocko? And I'm like, hell yeah, I know Jocko. <laughs> no, I haven't heard so of him. Like, Who's that? <laughs> so hopefully Jocko will be there. We don't know. But we're going to victory to hang out with Dean. It, he just has surgery, so he can't roll. But hopefully he brings some people in. And then two minutes later, Chris Lieben walks in. I was like, oh, oh shit. Yeah. I love Chris because Freaking a lot of people warrior, gave man. him a lot of shit. No, I know, right? Freaking a lot warrior. of people gave him a lot of shit in The Ultimate Fighter because he cried, right? They're like, oh, what a bitch. Like, that's pure, raw emotion. He also peed that on somebody's pillow. So <laughs> He did that. <laughs> like, episode one, he peed on the kid's he pillow. Did. He, oh, he man. Did <laughs> a lot of bad blood. But if you, if you stop and think about it, right? He Chris had a really rough life. Like yeah. if you know anything about Chris's life, it was pretty wild, right? And so with him crying and breaking down on national TV, that's pure vulnerability. And that's what we preach. You know, be yeah. vulnerable, right? I'm not talking about walking around crying about it. Oh, my shoulder hurts. Quit being a bitch. But when it comes to mental health stuff, like speak up, talk about it, right? Yeah. So I go over to Chris and I tell him that, you know, he was part of the reason why I started fighting. He's like, oh, cool, man. I told him about the documentary and shit. He's like, oh, you guys going to be in San Diego? I'm like, yes, we are. So I was like, April 30th, we're hanging out with Dean in the morning. He's like, oh, why don't you guys come to my house? And we, I train guys out of my garage. So I was like, yeah, we'll be there. <laughs> so now we get to hang out with Chris Lieben. Yeah. Uh, we just booked Joe Lozon again Okay. Uh, over in Boston. That'll be fun. We're working on uh, Dakota Meyer has mentioned that he's interested in going to the one over near Austin. Um, that's not a guarantee. We're also working on Tim Kennedy. Uh, I sent an email to Chuck Norris. I doubt that's going to happen. I just thought it'd be hilarious. <laughs> Cause a lot of people don't know Chuck Norris was air force security forces. It was the same thing I was. So oh, very cool. There you go. But yeah, so this, uh, we're doing the, the episodes for every gym, but then we're also getting it cut into a professional documentary. Um, I've been talking to, uh, Vincent Vargas from, uh, um, he's from the show, the Mayans, he was on, uh, range 15, a bunch of military movies and stuff. Uh, awesome dude. He's a veteran. He's starting his own nonprofit really soon. Um, uh, good dude. And so we're actually going to his, or his place in July to train 
but he also offered um there's a company who actually made with a bunch of veterans who have a production company so we actually have a professional company that's going to um, edit this documentary and our goal is to get it into the sundance film festival and hopefully netflix cool yeah. that's awesome so man. it's what, my brain what, hurts when are we when is uh is florida when is my uh my gym on your list are we towards the end Everybody kind of leaves no. Florida as the last trip, but you guys are right in the middle, actually. Oh yeah, um, yeah. So May fifteenth is when we'll be with you guys. So okay. um, I think I don't remember what the name of that restaurant that you said, but fat we're going to try and go over to the, the sushi restaurant. There's Fat Boys, and yeah, then right yeah. across the street is like Miller's Ale House, which is, I think okay. Miller's Ale House is the one. It's more of a sports bar. I love Miller's. Yeah, you probably, so you probably have uh, like a... you probably have a better. I mean, it just depends, but like the the vibe at Miller's Ale House is a lot more loose. There's an outside, there's an yeah. outside deck, uh, so it's really kind of completely open. Like the the bar is covered, but yeah. it's very open outside. We'll probably do that. Yeah, it's just another way for to get people to get together and talk too, yeah. right? So it's yeah. it's not only for a fundraiser, but it's it's mainly to just get guys together and talk, right? Yeah. So when we're at the gym, we're not gonna have a we're gonna have time to talk to everybody. Yeah. But if there's people that want to get together and talk a little bit more, a little bit more intimate setting, you know, we can have conversations at uh, at this place too. So. Now, will, will we be able to? Is it okay with you guys? Because I talked to Bo last week about like coming out and filming a little bit more of like a behind the scenes of you guys coming in. Sure. You know, like you're going to yeah. be filming, but him filming like you guys, so that we can use that a yeah. little bit help promote. Uh, I think that would absolutely, be cool. man, yeah. for sure. Yeah. Yeah, so Joe is our cameraman. Um, we just had a five thousand dollar donation, and uh, oh, awesome. they we bought two four K cameras. So now we actually have really good video footage. Very cool. Um, we have some nice speakers. We got some lighting. We got all kinds of stuff. And then I have another veteran who's going to be setting up my merch table and everything like that. So um, we're looking for volunteers at every gym to help us get set up because mm-hmm. um, we only have two guys we're bringing. That's a small crew. Okay. Um, but yeah, so that would be great. I'm, yeah. I'm excited to roll with you guys too. Yeah, very cool, man. Well, I, listen, I, I'm I live very close to my gym. I, I've just I moved further away, and I'm still, you know, ten minutes in traffic, if that. Nice. Uh, so so really close, and uh, yeah, man. Well, we'll we're, yeah, we're getting close. I'm just real. I'm like, wow, it's April. It's like you're saying, <laughs> I'm like, wow, it's April. We gotta. Yeah, it's you know, next it's, month, man. Yeah, it's 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 pretty soon. When do you when do when do things kick off? When do, when are you leaving? So April sixteenth is actually the kickoff. Um, here in Minnesota at my home gym at Tracks BJJ. So April 16th um, is going to be the first filming, right? So we're having a, a seminar there, and then we're leaving on the 21st. Um, the first stop is going to be SBG in uh, Kalispell, Montana. So if you go to the website, you can see every single gym we're going. If you guys live close, please come to the filming. It'd be great to see you guys. So your girlfriend must be an angel. Because <laughs> you're 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 leaving her with four young four girls, right? So my my two youngest <laughs> leaving her. Well, I mean, it does sound so yeah. bad when I say it that way. You'll be my on this trip. Will be at their moms. Yeah. yeah, my two youngest be at their moms. Uh, oh, okay, all right. She she just moved in, and I'm losing my <laughs> job in two weeks. Wow. And uh, talk about I that. How, what I mean? You, yeah. Was it? I think TJ. I don't know if he mentioned it on air. I think we might have talked a little bit about it. Um, did you have to leave your job because they wouldn't give you the time off? They wouldn't give you the leave? Yeah, so I applied for a leave of absence. My work knew about this for years. I've been talking about this for three years because last year we were supposed to film this. 
Yeah. Uh, but COVID happened and we were scheduled for this year. And so they knew about it months in advance, but the Derek Chauvin uh, trial is going on right now here mm -hmm, in Minneapolis. Mm -hmm. And so I work for the Minnesota state patrol and all hell breaks loose. Like the riots and everything. I'm not going to get mm -hmm. started on like political stuff, mm -hmm. but the riots were obnoxious. Um, many of my troopers and law enforcement got hurt over the last few years. And I want nothing to do with law enforcement anymore because it's too stressful. I just, I want nothing to do with it. Um, I'm surprised a lot of cops haven't walked off the job with what they've been dealing with. Um, you know, it's because everybody's being grouped in with that Derek Chauvin guy, you know, and mm. I know some of the best people I know are troopers and cops and correction officers. I mean, they're good people. My, I always, um, I always talk about it. My dad was a cop. So I understand that kind yeah. of, you kind of got, you know, I think everybody, when you know a police officer, you have a police officer in your family, you've got like one side, one foot on each side of that line. Like even yeah. my father, like he looks at the, at the stuff that's happened over the years and he'll be like, I mean, that's one idiot. He'll go, that's one idiot. You know, they, they paint yeah. everybody like, yeah. my dad doesn't talk like that, that's by sad. the way. It's a little bit more Spanish, <laughs> a little bit more of his, a Puerto Rican accent, New York, Puerto Rican. But, it's one idiot. Oh my God. One idiot okay. <laughs> It's only somebody from Boston, like yeah. a Boston Puerto Rican. I don't know actually. why I automatically go to old Jewish guy when I when I you just do Scarface. Yeah, like, you know, like, you I did, just, that's more like Italian Jewish guy. New York, yeah, New York jewelry district. Yeah. You know, it's but a I get diamond. It. It's oh. a diamond. I get it. Yeah. I, I get it. I mean, it's yeah. I mean, it's a difficult time, and it's, then you know, it's you know, you you say something positive about the police in the in the wrong room, and they you yeah. get eaten up that way, and you say. You know, you're on the other side, and you you can get eaten up. It doesn't matter where you land. Yeah. It's, it's. Yeah, I just don't want conversation. Be part of it yeah. You yeah. know, um, I'm going to continue to support law enforcement after this. I I'm working on a, a retreat, and I'm actually working with the Fraternal Order of Police to actually get police out there uh, one weekend a month and do a mental health retreat for police officers. Mm -hmm. um, so I want to do that eventually, but it's the main focus is going to be veterans. Um, but anyway, so I ended up telling my my work, like, hey, I need to go. But they banned all vacation in the month of April. And so I'm like, listen, you guys knew about this. I was like, so. It's because they, the, the trial's they happening right now, right? I mean, the, the, yep. tri the trial's actually yeah. happening. And there, there's been protests every damn day. And so I'm just, I'm tired of it. Um, so they, they denied my leave of absence. And I was like, are you sure you guys want to do this? I was like, because you don't give me this leave, I'm, I'm resigning. They're like, Oh, you're not going to resign. Blah, blah. And so they actually sent me the letter, um, that they denied it. And so my response was my resignation I said, well, mm -hmm. as of April 15th, I'll be resigning from the Minnesota state patrol. So how long have you been if you guys now? don't watch, uh, seven years, seven and a half years. Wow. Wow. So if you guys don't watch this goddamn documentary, I'm going to be pissed. <laughs> I lost my job for it. So what do you, let, let me ask you a quick question. What are you doing? Just kind of a little bit of a tangent here, but when you're talking about the production side of this, yeah. um, the guy that's, do you have post-production? Do you have people that are helping? You know, just cause he's, you got, you sounds like you have a camera guy or you, you bought some equipment. Do you know, mm -hmm. do you have people that, that are going to be able to help you with editing and stuff like that? So I, I can edit. Um, I probably am going to edit the episodes. I'm probably going to do the first like two or three episodes just to see how I do. And then if people are okay with what I put out, then I'm going to continue to edit the rest of the Because I know a guy. I know, well, you know, I know a guy. 
He's sitting in this when room with me right to... now. Oh, oh. oh hey, hey, it's like, oh, I me? was waiting oh. for you to give him a number or something. <laughs> uh, I, I, yeah, I'll when, let when him speak for that. himself on what he could do. But, I mean, he's done – he did a, a an auto – what do I want to call it, an autocross movie? You did the, no, no, the was, movie, uh, not an autocross. It was a movie about racing, but it was it he, was it had the built-in nice. element of personal development yeah. and all of that. So. He, I mean, he's a, he's amazing what he does. This isn't like the, – the podcast isn't the first thing he's done. You know, when yeah. it comes to, he's an amazing graphic designer. He does production. He's an incredible photographer. So I'm sure that actual, he would, you know, talk to you about what he can help with. Yeah, when it comes to the actual documentary itself, I'm not even going to try to do it myself. Yeah. Because I want this thing, I want this documentary to be, it's it's going to be a tragic story of what veterans go through after mm-hmm. the military, right? It's going to be about, you know, the friends that they lost in suicide. Uh, the friends they lost in battle. We're actually dedicating this film to uh, Michael, one of the guys who killed himself in Iraq, uh, but a bunch of other veterans who have died by suicide. So we're dedicating this film to all veterans who have um, ended their life. So at the end of the film, what we plan on doing is um, working on getting the rights for a specific song. I'm not going to say what it is, but we're actually going to have a bunch of guys, a bunch of veterans who have lost other veterans to suicide um, with the permission of their families, of course, get one of their pictures and the day that they were born and, and the day that, you know, their life is over. Mm-hmm. So the end is going to be very emotional as well. Um, I live in emotions. I love emotions and I'm trying to get people to feel emotions much more often. So my goal is to make everybody who watches this documentary cry at least once. Um <laughs> Because that means that I'm touching those feelings that I'm aiming to do. But at the same time, it's not a sad story, right? The initial the initial story is tragic, sure, because, you know, suicide is nothing. Nobody loves talking about it, you know, and I get it, you know. But it's a story of all these veterans who actually have gotten to the point where they literally did not want to live anymore. And then this fucking sport just comes out of nowhere and completely changes the way that we live our lives you know, with, with jujitsu and it gives us the brotherhood. I will challenge anybody who doesn't train jujitsu to say jujitsu is equal, if not a better brotherhood than the military. I love jujitsu. There's assholes. There's a lot of assholes in jujitsu. Sure. Of course. But the community of jujitsu is absolutely beautiful. The the jujitsu community has been so well, like they've been so supportive of this thing. And the amount of people that have been reaching out to me saying, hey, how can I help? It, it It's just, it Ju- blows my fucking mind. Jiu-Jitsu weeds out those assholes, though, more often than not. Yeah. You, usually, yeah. Um, they, they usually aren't able to find a home. They're usually yeah. not able to find a home. They're not going to train in one place very long. Yeah. And if you don't know an asshole, look in the mirror. Right? <laughs> maybe, maybe, no, I'm just kidding. Or look no, at but my yeah, if you're lucky enough to not know an asshole, then then good for you. But good you know, yeah, there, there's definitely. I, I think it weeds guys out, and you know, they don't they don't get very far. You know, and yeah. you know, the reason is, you know, they don't. They're not able to find that brotherhood. They're not able. Yeah. They're you know, they're the uh, they're the guy that I might choke an extra couple of seconds. <laughs> to, you know, to to you yeah. know, kind of. Sometimes you have to put them in their place and, and let them know they need to be leaving the ego at yeah. the door. Uh, you know, I've got I've I've trained with several guys over the years who 
Um, and, and I, and I'm, I'm no angel. I've struggled with like leaving the ego and, you know, get that, that intense role and a guy es- escalates and then I've got to escalate more. I almost got into a physical conversation with one of my training partners who I'm great with now. Uh, and funny yeah. enough, he's just like, uh, he's, uh, he's a purple belt now. And he's recently said, he's like, I've calmed down. I've had to learn how to calm down, you know, part, yeah. part, I don't want to be the asshole and part like okay, I'm getting older, my body, I've got to learn how to do this the right way. It isn't just about, you know, kicking the shit out of everybody that I roll with. And, and every, you know, uh, every win in the gym really shouldn't even be winning, right? We should be training. We should, yeah. we should be learning how to train together. But each time you tap somebody, it's not like nobody's handing you a gold medal, you know? So yeah. understanding that over time is, is, is something that, uh, an asshole is just, he's not going to get, he get we, he gets weeded out. He goes to another gym or he stops training, you know? Yeah. How many asshole black belts do you know? Like, right? You know, yeah. every black belt that I've ever met is like, they're some of the most gentlest, kind-hearted people. You yeah. can't last that long. You can't be the ass. Now, I'm sure there's some asshole black belts, but you sure. can't last that long in this world if you're going to be that way. You just, you'll never be able to train with anybody. You know? Yeah, there's, there's a lot of white belts at our gym too, and... We, we got some really good people at our gym. You know, it, it's the, the typical mix from teachers to law enforcement mm, to, yeah. you know, former, you know, people who've been in jail, like all kinds of people. And everybody at our gym, you know, I call my brother and my sister, right? We got a bunch of people competing right now in uh, Wisconsin Dallas too. So, um, you know, and I, I literally would do anything to help them improve their game. And so I tell white belts all the time, listen, I will never like when we're rolling hard, I always tell them this sounds douchey, but I mean it in the kindest way. Like <laughs> I will never let you tap. And that means that we're going to roll together. We're both going to take risks and everything like that. The day that you submit me, because it will happen. That means that you earned it. You did a good job. You did the move correctly. You got to the point where a, you got the submission on me. And when somebody gets like a choke on me, I'm not just going to sit there and be like, okay, get it a little tighter. Oh, you got me. <laughs> I, don't, I don't do that shit. Fuck that. That doesn't help anybody. Right. And, and it's condescending. Right. I don't ever want anybody to be like, OK, go ahead. Only for me. I only do that with kids. Oh, okay, I only yeah, do it, if it's clearly I'm clearly training with yeah. a child and not someone I say kid, not somebody in their 20s, maybe not even in their yeah. teens. You know, I'm like literally a kid, you know, definitely under 16, yeah, yeah. you know, for sure. It's got his, you know, gray and white belt and we're, we're playing and I'll let him that, you know. But yeah. now is that bad? You're, you're saying, you don't you know, like, no, it doesn't help him. I, I struggle with, am I supposed to do that once in a while so that we do, um, do it, does it help me get the ego out of their side of that role by letting them, all right, so, listen, get me and let's get this over with so that there's no, again, in, in certain instances, uh, anytime I've had a problem with something, maybe like they, they're so, they want to tap me so bad. And I'm, look, and I'm not saying like I haven't been on both sides of this. I'm just saying yeah. you want to tap the other guy so bad that, you know, do I just do you let him get it and just be like, okay, we're done with that now. Now can we train? Is that like a like a little uh, like a mental mind like a like a little uh, you know Jedi mind trick there? I, what what I've told these guys too is like, listen, you know, you, you're going to tap me one of these days. I've been tapped by every white belt at our gym, you know, and it, there's no ego in it for me. So there's some people that have said that that phrase that I said is full of ego. Like, is it? Because every single guy at my gym that I've told that to has tapped me. Because I, they, they know that they earned it, right? And so everybody, 
I've talked to a couple of the guys, you know, like a year or two after this had happened. I was like, you know, so what did you think when I told you that? They're like, oh, I saw it as a challenge, right? And so it's like, okay, the day that I tap Nick means that I'm fucking doing it right, you know? And then, uh, like, Chris, this this guy, I don't take it easy on him anymore because he snuck in at some arm bars on me that I wasn't <laughs> expecting. So he uh, he tapped me with an arm bar, and I was like, that was fucking beautiful. Like, I tell these guys all the time, I will never let you tap me. But the day that you do, I'll be the first one to high five you and congratulate you because that means that you caught me, um, you caught me fucking up, or you did the move correctly. One of the two. So I personally don't ever allow anybody to tap me without trying to fight it. Right. Yeah. So my, since we last talked, my daughter actually trains now, and she's a monster. Yeah. She's. Yeah, I'm so proud of her. How she's old? Like, she got, she's ten. Ten. She got a strike, okay. uh, about a week ago, she got a strike. Oh, awesome! Congrats! And that that light in her face, like, Dad, I got a strike. It was so cool. You so know, one of, uh, the, one of the first times I tapped my um, my the, the the guy that that the Cornholio, <laughs> yeah. the one that that commented, um, which again, this is the first time I'm ever dealing with this. I think I was still a white belt. I tap him with a, like a Peruvian necktie. I remember the move because then he had me show it. He had me record like we did it like a, we were going to start doing tutorial videos and he let me take the lead on it. Yeah. And, you know, the first time, especially when you knew you tap a higher belt, forget about just a higher belt, your coach. You know, when you let go, there's that moment where you your eyes catch and it's kind of like. It could go, hey, motherfucker. Oh, really, motherfucker? I'm going <laughs> to wait till the next roll yeah. or there's a look of pride, yeah. you know, like, you, you know, I, I got the yeah, look of pride. I, so much pride. I, I got the look of pride and he took it one step further. Cause I never thought it was going to go past the two of us. I didn't celebrate. It's kind of more like I was waiting to like, is he about to kill me? And he was, he was, <laughs> he was proud of me. And then when I got home, he had posted the story. He's like, got caught slipping and, and how he, how proud he was of the fact yeah. that his, you know, I wound up being his first blue belt, had just tapped him. And I was like, awesome. okay, all right, whew. well, first of all, he's not going to kill me next time. But when I did go, <laughs> when I did go to the gym next time, he did this thing where he goes like, he, he was opening up the, the encyclopedia and dusting it off. He was like, I had to go home and go like this. He's like, I had to open up the book, <sighs> dust it off. And he's like, I, I, now I know I've got, I've got to turn up, you know, my game a little bit and I've yeah. got to be more conscious because now you're getting better. But that moment, you know, that, I guess that moment could be different for everybody. And in some cases that moment is like, oh yeah, son of a bitch. Oh, you're going to tap me. Yeah. All right, here we go. Let's go. The next role is going to be the real cool hard. The thing is too, is it's like, even, even the females that are gym have tapped me, you know, and just through rolling my, my girlfriend, she's been training for uh, like four months or something like that. And the first move that we showed, because, I think the most effective move for women, because she's she's like five foot one, maybe. Um, she's a bodybuilder. She's strong as shit. Um, so I showed her the the uh, cross collar choke because that's probably one of the most effective moves for the smaller individual to choke mm -hmm. on a bigger individual, whether you're a boy or a girl. So I showed her that, and I was like, just focus on the cross collar choke because you're going to see it on so many white belts. So we're fucking around rolling one day at the gym, and then next thing you know, I do this slow reach over the next thing, you know, she's got a full cross collar. I'm like, Oh shit. And so I start <laughs> fighting hard. I was like, I am not about to let my girlfriend tap me out, but she sunk it in perfectly. She had her arms in together. She pulled it in tight. She sucked it in. And the next thing you know, I'm just like, fuck, I'm not tapping. But I told her about the blood choke. Like, you know, once you get it, just sit there, hold it. 
it'll it'll go on. The room starts to get like, slowly. Yeah. It starts to get darker like, and darker and you see that little bit of light. Oh, man. Yeah. It took like took like 10, 15 seconds. And I, I she didn't let go. I was not nice. I was gonna hold it as long as I could, but she did what I told her. She did not let go and she tapped me the fuck out. She still doesn't believe that she did it. I have to tell her all the time, like you did that. She's like, been training four you months. Did it correct. Uh about about four months, yeah. How long have you been together? Uh, about a year and four months. Okay. Cause I'm still trying to get my, I'm with my wife going on. I think we're going on nine years <laughs> and I still, I even got her a gi. Yeah. I cannot get her on the mat. Can't even get her to, to play around and like, let me show you something. Yeah. <laughs> she wants nothing to do with it. Um, she does, but she's like kickboxing. Like I, I joke yeah. with her. I call it dance fighting just to make fun of her a little bit, <laughs> but she does like the kickboxing cardio kind of classes. And, uh, but like you know, real a, a good place. She's she's in a good in yeah. a good school. I joke with her though. I, like yeah, I gave her uh, um, one thing I wanted to do is I actually wanted to do a gi giveaway. So oh yeah, um, that's I right. Just, we talked about it. Yeah, I just got some brand new uh, Warriors Next Venture gis. They are only available on the PTSD version tour. However, I am gonna give one to you guys to give away. Okay. Um, so I only have a one three eight four. Um, I can only order 50 geese. So no fatties. Uh, up front. All you fatties out Sorry, there. Guys. <laughs> Sorry, guys. I got an A4, but. And I could I could say fatties because I'm, I'm busting out of my A3 right now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm busting out. I had, Somebody made a comment the other day. He's like, yeah, I had, he bought a new geese. I, he's having a conversation in another part of the gym. Yeah. He said, he goes, yeah. He, but you know when somebody shows up at the white geese first time ever, it's just like. It's like like a yeah. a shining oh. light in the corner, yeah, right. It's like oh, brand new gi. Let's get some blood on that. So I hear him go, yeah, I had to buy a new gi. He says, you know, my stomach was coming out of the front of my gi like Milton. I said, I, oh. I heard that. Oh. I heard that you son of a bitch. So I we, had, like, hey, we hey. had a guy come back after COVID because we had a uh, we had a, a jujitsu speakeasy kind of thing going on. So okay. um, oh, yeah. I've heard about a lot of those. TJ had yeah, one of those yeah. too. There's what did he call it? Murderer. TJ called his. What, did, what? Bo, do you remember what he was calling it? Murderers something. Uh, yeah, yeah. It was, um, a mur. I forget. I'll remember. But go ahead. I'm like sorry. Murder gang or something yeah. like that. <laughs> there was uh, one guy that got back from uh, from after COVID because he he took the whole quarantine thing and everything, and uh, he came back. He's like, man, all of my geese got so small during COVID. Yeah. I was yeah. like, bro, I'm pretty sure you're about. <laughs> 40 pounds heavier, bro. <laughs> is it the gear or is it me? <laughs> yeah. So um, they're OD green geese. Um, I'll send you guys some photos and stuff like that. So I don't know if you want to, you know, show them off. You guys can do the giveaway. Yeah. What, uh, yeah we, why don't we do, uh, let's do uh, the, the best giveaways that we could do as, as I'm thinking about it now. Is let, let's do something on Instagram so we can kick okay. up your followers. You know, we'll have people do the, uh, the old, uh, um, you know, uh, follow them, follow us, share, share this image. So why you yeah, send sure. me some pictures of, of somebody in the gi or pictures of the gi. I'll have some images made up and then we can sure. start posting up to you. I mean, since the, uh, maybe just do it for two weeks since you can already be on the road yeah. by then. Like, so we can get Preferably it be before the 20th because I have to be packed up, ready to go on the 20th. Okay. So we'll do it. Um, t send me the images after this, by the time this airs, right. we're going to already have the contest running. Sweet. Okay. Awesome. And then we'll do, uh, we'll, we'll, you know, we'll pick a winner kind of thing. I use a little app to pick the winner from, uh, from all the people that submit. Oh, perfect. Yeah. Put all their names cool, into cool. an app now and, uh, and just let it completely automatic. 
And yeah, that'd Sweet. be cool. Yeah, and we'll uh, we'll get some we'll get some eyeballs on uh, on your page. And which you you do you do the the your personal? Do you kind of promote that side too? You know, the, the, um, with the Nick, Nick yeah. Explores Everything, right? That's that's uh, one of your handles? Yeah, I don't really use it for okay. WNA stuff for the most part. I mean, okay. a, a lot of the adventure stuff, like climbing mountains, is, of course I'm going to post pictures of me climbing mountains. It's yeah. awesome. Um, but it, I will use it for promotional stuff if I need okay. to. So uh, Warriors Next Adventure is usually the one to go to. I run all the social media, too, so I mean, mm-hmm. I'm not hard to get a hold of, so... Um, if you want to tag the Nick Explores everything too, I'll post it on there too. So back to your girlfriend now. Did it take a lot to get her on the mat? Was it something she wanted to do, or was it like, "Come on, babe, come"? You know, you should come in. H- how did it happen? I'm all, I, again. I'm nine years oh. in, and I can, and I haven't found the, the <laughs> magic. Uh, the, the well, we we lift uh, we lift weights together, mm-hmm. um, and so we also do what's called acro yoga. I don't know if you've seen any of our pictures, but I, it's we like talked about mixer. it last time. I remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we, we do a lot of acro yoga stuff and uh, we do a lot of uh, um, like acro stretching and she's got a, a business called Rebels and Renegades. So she actually teaches a lot of this stuff. And so I'm her, I'm her male dummy, um, gotcha. but we, we do a lot of active things together. And so finally, um, right around the time where I was really convincing my daughter that she needed to start jujitsu, um, I had a conversation with my girlfriend and she actually started jujitsu. And the next thing you know, my daughter's like, oh, okay, I'll do jujitsu. Yeah. And so a part of the reason why she started was to help convince my daughter to do it because she's an awesome person. And so now the three of us are actually competing when I get back uh, for the tap cancer out June 12th here in Minneapolis. Oh, very cool. Yeah. So all three of us competing the same day. I get to coach my daughter, I get to coach my girlfriend, and then I get to hopefully kick some ass. Very nice, man. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Good times. It's it's a lot of fun having the whole family in there. Yeah. I, I... – I always hope, wish for that day. I've, I've been with my, again, been with her about nine years. My stepdaughter just turned 17. So, you know, I've, I've messed around with her a little bit when she was little, like, hey, come on, take my back, yeah. you know, show her arm bars and just <laughs> play with it a little bit. Try to take the Gracie's uh, uh, take on it, like, you know, play play jujitsu instead of like forcing them to go on the, the one time I brought her yeah. the match, she's like s- sat off on the side <laughs> with like, you know, yeah, I don't want to be here, you know. So uh, a I video just, I just have... popped up on my Facebook and uh, it was a video of me teaching my daughter how to do an arm bar at two years old. Yeah. And she was cranking out arm bars, man. She was great. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I haven't, I cool. haven't been able to get them out. I, I kind of just really given up on it. You know, you'd think with, I got the, the podcast, I train t-shirt website, yeah. like I'm surrounded by jujitsu. I thought that they would have taken to it at some point. Nothing. Yeah, it can't always force them. It, it's yeah. hard because like, I get what you're feeling because, you know, one thing I had to explain to her too, like, look at the pride thing. Like when she, when we were first, uh, you know, she started talking about jujitsu and everything like that. She actually lived um, on the other side of town as me. And so my gym, I drive 30 minutes to my gym uh, because I love it's home, you know? And so she's like, yeah, I'm thinking about trying jujitsu. I'm like, awesome. She's like, yeah, there's this gym called Alliance right down my road. I was like, (laughs) okay, let me, let me explain something to you. If you come train in my sport and you don't come to my gym and mm. you start training at a at a competing gym, I mentally cannot stop myself from getting jealous and pissed off. I was like, so like jujitsu. That's definitely like a house metal. divided. Yeah. So I was just like, if you do jujitsu, you have to come to my gym. I was like, that it I'm trying not to be a douche with it, but it's like I in my heart, I know it's gonna piss me off. 
Yeah. I was like, so I just have to at least express that to you. And she, like I said, she's awesome. She, she ended up just going to tracks with me. So, um, she's, uh, she, I'm very lucky. She's a, she's loving it. She's of, eating it up. Yeah. Yeah. She loves it. She's super competitive. And so the only thing that she's dealing with is, uh, the ego portion of it because she is very athletic. Yeah. Um, but jujitsu, man, it just, it takes the shit out of athletic people. Yeah. If you're not ready for it. Yeah. For me, um, you know, it's not, it's not yeah. just about getting them out there. It, it for you know just the sake of getting them out there. Like I got them in. They're, they're doing jujitsu. Yeah. I'm you know I try to preach about you know the things that it's going to help with. You know being able to feel yeah. you know she's about to go away to school in another year. You know that there's going inevitably there's going to be the guy that slaps her on her ass or the guy that's drunk guy hitting on her or walking home yeah. at night with the girls and you know some asshole says something does something. You know. That that I call it that quiet confidence, like you know, just walking into yeah. a room and and knowing that you can handle yourself. Now you're not, you it's know, like the force. Yeah, right. You, but you know, for <laughs> what it, it what it does up here more than what it does here, you know, yeah. uh, what it does in, in the head is, is it's just amazing. And you know that yeah. confidence sometimes that guy is gonna is not going to bother you because you yeah. you exude this confidence at at a point, right? I mean, we've all probably seen a video of some jujitsu girl kicking some guy's ass or something. Yeah. Or, yeah. There's this one, there's like a, a bunch of kids in like a hotel room. It looks like they're having some kind of party. And yeah. the girl's like, just starts messing around with this guy. Boom, takes his back and, and chokes him out in like, you know, six seconds, <laughs> you know? So we've all seen that. Like, I just want her to know, like, it's not just about competing. It's not about yeah. uh, ego for me. It's, I want you to be able to take care of yourself. But yeah. uh, you know, again, my, my yeah. wife, my wife does the kickboxing and, and I'm, yeah. I am glad that she's doing something for self-defense, but you know, then I still tell her, okay, well, what if somebody grabs you? What do you do here? They're not yeah. teaching them. Well, how do you get away from somebody grabbing you? What if somebody took your back or, you know, you wound up on the floor and they're essentially on top of you in, in, in what we would call the guard. And yeah. none of, that's, none of that's, that's why I tell, that's why I tell most women that, you know, if you're going to pick a martial art for self-defense, jujitsu is one of the best things to do because it doesn't take strength. Yeah. Right. You know, if you think like uh, boxing or MMA, a high level female boxer or Muay Thai specialist or striker, you know, can can usually only generate enough power to hurt, you know, some men, but not all. Right. And so this isn't a, this isn't a whole compare men to women kind of thing, but men usually are stronger. It's just, it's just a fact. Right. And so, like I said, my girlfriend is five foot one. Um, super athletic. She's tiny. And she choked out a 200 pound, six foot two MMA fighter, yeah. you know, and actually did it. It wasn't just me letting her. And so that's the thing, you know, you get my, my nine year old, you know, sneaks up and get her 10 year old. Forgot. She's fucking 10 now. Jesus. Time's flying, man. <laughs> um, she'll come up to me, put me in a rear naked choke. And if she doesn't let go, cause she's kind of an asshole and she'll hold it. I literally, <laughs> <laughs> I'll start to like, just like, okay, (laughs) kind of an asshole. (laughs) So I got to grab her and flip her over my body. Like, dude, you got to let go. She's like, I know, but I just choked you out. I'm like, I'm going to kick your ass. (laughs) But you see like this, this is the part that people that don't do jujitsu. We're talking about kicking each other's asses. Our kids are assholes and we have smiles on our faces. (laughs) I don't know. I've, I've done very small, uh, stints in other martial arts when I was younger yeah. and you know the, the internet wasn't around the way it is now it wasn't yeah. even it didn't even exist when I, when I was again 47 now 
I feel like number one, it, like we're probably the most active community. I, you know, I don't do karate. I don't do these other martial arts other than MMA as a whole. There yeah. are, we, we have to be the most active martial arts community on the internet. We're a cult for sure. We're, right. I mean, <laughs> there's, there's no, there is no one like there, you know, the, the jujitsu practitioner in my mind, yeah. um, what we share, what we talk about, and it's all because every single time we train, this is this is what I believe. Every single time we train, we are killing, breaking yeah. the limbs, choking out our friends, breaking the limb, breaking, quote unquote, breaking the limbs of our friends. Right? If we held it a little bit longer, we could break it. If we held that yeah. heel hook a little longer, we, we could rip that knee apart. If we held that choke a little longer, we could, you know, that person really could pass out or we could kill them. There is something that's to be said I'm, for that's that. That's why my, that, I was gonna say that's that's why my favorite shirt is the one that Josh made me from DD two fourteen called called Ask Me About Murder Yoga. <laughs> oh, is that yours? Is that is that because of you? Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. All right, we got a couple no, of those no, over no. here. I, I, I love that. I, shirt. I didn't say that. I'm just okay. saying I saw that on Josh's website. I'm okay. like, man, I need that shirt. Yeah. So I took a picture of it. I'm like, man, use this all you want. I love this shirt. It's amazing. There <laughs> is a uniqueness to the person that can go do that. Again, you weed out the assholes. There's a uniqueness to the person. No. Oh, Nick, where'd you go? Did his phone die? <laughs> Maybe. Let's. See. It might have. Oh, he said he plugged in before beforehand. Did you see him? He went no. Are you there? We're still here, Nick. We'll cut it back together if we need to. <laughs> he turned sideways and yeah, I was like, what happened? Yeah. Did it? It might have fallen. Did it fall? <laughs> Maybe. All right, folks, we're probably going to cut in this the out. the toilet? Well, it fell in the toilet. No, he, well, let's see what happens. Yeah. He might be back. Well, that's all we've got for you today, <laughs> folks. <laughs> uh, let's see. Is he coming back? Maybe he, uh, he logs back in. No, oh, he's officially out. It was an abduction incident. His daughter came in. <laughs> choked his ass choked out, out. <laughs> that was hilarious um right, we thought, we thought your daughter came in and, and beat it was beating the shit out of you <laughs> <laughs> no dude it's my phone sucks man it doesn't charge unless it's plugged in the wall i thought it was charging on the computer but oh, i guess no it was so i'm sorry about that no worries no worries uh i forgot exactly where we were we were talking about. Uh, I'm assuming you're going to cut this, huh? Uh, yeah, well, yeah, we'll try to figure out how to cut it back together. But we, we, I think uh, the okay. wife, the wife, just messaged me that she wants to come home. <laughs> so we're gonna, we're going to start to wrap okay. things up. So uh, we'll we'll yeah, let we're... we'll let Bo ha figure out how to how to cut it together. We were talking sure, a little bit about sure. the, uh, just let me yeah. figure it all. Yeah. <laughs> I'll put some funny, you know, some image in the, in the middle there or something. You know, saying that I'm we, we, I'm so talented and brilliant doesn't mean I'm yeah. We gotta show you gotta show them what you could, gotta show them what you could do, Bo. There you so. Go. So let's let let we we do got to wrap things up though anyway. So let's sure. uh, let's talk a little bit about tell everybody where they can find you. Uh, we told everybody when the doc's going to start, but tell them where they can find you: Instagram, website. Yeah, WarriorsNextAdventure.com. You go to PTSD versus Jiu-Jitsu tab. See that? Click on the Bus Build tab. You can see how we built the bus. Um, everything is simple. Warriors Next Adventure on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter is at Next Warrior. I guess. Um, I'm not, I don't use that too often anyway. So, okay. um, 
pretty easy to find us. Uh, we're all over the place. My number's plastered everywhere. That is the number for the nonprofit, uh, but it's also my personal number. So you can call 24 seven to suicide prevention line. If you know any veterans who are struggling, um, go ahead and send them that number um, okay. or send them the, the veteran VA crisis line. So, all right. Very cool. Very cool. Well, I appreciate you coming back on Nick. Um, let's uh, well, I'll, I'll see you on the 15th in May. I'll be there. Uh, again, we're going to try to have Bo out there filming as well. So we'll talk a little Thanks. bit more there, and then we'll talk about what we can do to help some more. You're going to send me some pictures for the gi. I will. Of the gi for the gi giveaway. I'll, I'll work on getting some images created, and we'll get that started. And then uh, then we'll be doing some rodeo yoga together. All right, man. I'm excited. I'm excited to roll with you. All right, brother. All right. Listen, I appreciate it. And then, we'll, you know, then obviously around the we got to get you back on before – the documentary launches. You know what's going to happen? Oh, for sure. Nick Nick and I are going to meet, and we're going to end up being the class clowns. And we're, <laughs> we're going to be the cl- whatever you, wherever you, we you're are. You're already the class clown. I know. You are I know. But clown, I just so. have a feeling that, that – yeah. Because he's got a sick sense of humor, and that, <laughs> and you know I, I, I do to too. So careful. <laughs> I, I've noticed that uh, you know veterans have a pretty jacked up sense of humor. And literally everything makes me laugh. There, there's nothing that really offends me. There's certain things I will Thank not you. say because I'm not you. stupid. That, see, that's, like there's, yeah, it, there's it's like beyond the it's, norms. it's beyond thick skin. It's just yeah. and it's beyond NFG. You know, uh, <laughs> you yeah. know what NFG, I just, no I, fucks given. <laughs> I just do my no, best do. to uh, just notice, you know, who who my crowd is. You know, so yeah. I'm I'm very. Yes. Yeah. observant of who my crowd is. Yeah, like, uh, our, our open mats, I mean, we, we almost always have kids. So they're, you know, yeah. Yeah. kids, meaning six, sometimes they're 16, but we do have like almost every Saturday and Sunday and, and it's not going to change just because we have people coming in. It's usually, we call it family jujitsu because sure. like Super we, PG. Yeah. we have tons of kids that start and then the parents start after them. So yeah. it's usually the kids yes, first, is, the parents next. Yeah, so. Yeah, it's like but, full on Disney. Yeah. Yeah. We got yeah. We'll, we'll me I'll I'll have a talking with I'll talk about I'll just about wear my mouse ears right. and be Let's chill. let Nick go cuz I got a I got a jet. But again Nick, thank you. Appreciate you coming on yeah. again. We'll do it again. Looking forward to meeting you on the 15th. Yeah. Right, brother. Sorry about all the technical No worries. Yeah. Today, Don't worry. Bo, Bo do his magic. He'll he'll fix everything. All right. Thanks guys. I really I really, pre- <laughs> I really appreciate you guys having me. All right, brother. We're going to let you go. We'll, we'll chat by uh we'll chat like through Instagram and we'll get all that stuff sure. from you and, and get the, that thing going too, okay? All right, man. All right, brother. Take Peace care, out, man. Later. Peace out. Thank Bye. you. All right, let's uh, let's finish up. All let's right. do a little housekeeping. Housekeeping, everybody, stick around for a second. Nick's so funny. Gonna, He's a great guy. Yeah, man, super nice guy, man, and and really He's respect doing him. So much, man. He's doing so much. I mean, and yeah. what he's doing is super tough. Like if you, I was don't, throwing you, you out really there to help understand. him. I, I'll let I'll let you talk to him about how you can help if if you can help. But um, if yeah. he's going to be, you know, doing some stuff on his own, I think it would be really cool to to maybe help him out with we'll the, see, the post-production. Yeah, or even a little consulting or something. Depends, yeah. whatever, yeah. whatever works. So. All right, so let's get through our housekeeping real quick. Uh, don't forget about uh, our foundation. GoFundMe link is in the description. You can find us uh, at, at Jiu-Jitsu Dummies on Instagram. Click the link in the bio. That'll take you to everywhere and every place you can find us, donate with us, uh, you know, all the different ways you can work with us. If uh, if you'd like to donate to the foundation where we award scholarships to uh, children, first responders, veterans, people just doing really spectacular things in their community, in their world, you can actually just donate right there on Facebook or Instagram. Um, if for every $50 you donate, Flow and Roll 
We'll give you an embroidered belt. We'll get that out to you. Or you can choose a podcast mug like the one on the table there, Bo. You got that shot there, yep. right? All right. So, uh, again, shout out to Flow and Roll for all they do for us. We really appreciate you guys. Uh, so uh, let, let's talk about Patreon. If you want to support the show, you can uh, visit us at patreon.com forward slash jujitsu dummies. You can donate as little as $5 per month and we'll give you shout, shout outs on the show just like this. Uh, Carlson Gracie, Broward County. Thank you for supporting the show. They're out in North Lauderdale. You can check them out at CarlsonGracieBrowardCounty.com. Uh, let them know Big J shen- uh, let Big J know that the dummy sent you. <laughs> John Way Martial Arts and Plantation, JohnWayMartialArts.com. That's down here in Florida as well. All right. Uh, podcast patrons include Robert Walker, Frank House, Wolsey Rivera, Boa Athletics. You can check them out on IG at BOA underscore athletics. Michael Pixley Jr. Been with us for a really long time. We appreciate you. Jason Smiley, Britt Tavar. James Fisher, C.J. Carroll, Mission 22, Shrek Reddor, and Roberto Santiago. So, again, if you'd like to support the show, you can just uh, go jump on to patreon.com forward slash jiu dummies. Now, what does that get you? Not only are you helping the show, but we do a $100 giveaway every month. So anybody who submits questions for the show and anyone who is a Patreon supporter goes into a pool we do a giveaway every month. We'll pick one. Sometimes, you know, we used to do two winners, $100 each. Right now we're doing one winner, $100 worth of jiu-jitsu swag. Sometimes it's CBD. Sometimes it's a gi. Uh, sometimes it's a, a gift card to our podcast store. So you'll get something. All right. Uh, you can check out our podcast store at jujitsudummies.shop. Get 15% off with code JJD. All right. Fightback CBD. You can get 20% off your CBD order at fightbackcbd.com with code JJD as well. You can support the, the Jiu-Jitsu Dummies Foundation with Amazon Smile. Again, check out our Instagram. Uh, again, at Jiu-Jitsu Dummies is the main Instagram. Click the link. You'll find out all the different ways you can uh, work with us, help us. Uh, is that everything, Bo? You got anything? I don't know. Trying to go fast. Possibly an STD. Family's home. I might have and an I'm STD. Starving. I'm starving. All right, you can check me out at Uncle Milty BJJ on IG. Thank you for watching, everybody. Appreciate you guys. Los.